0: Salutations everybody it is Matty here today with episode 235 of the ham radio podcast and it is me Carrick with ACG
1: and I'm Rob with rule of two review welcome back again welcome Rob. back it's almost mm-hmm. like you're a regular you, yes. <laughs> uh, almost almost a regular so yeah.
0: close anyway uh before we dive into anything Rob you know tell the new listeners about yourself a little bit what you do on your channel what they can see from you
1: yeah, yeah. so again, my channel is called Rule of Two Review. Um, it's mostly just me talking about all sorts of gaming news. I, I definitely focus mostly on Nintendo, but I'm a huge fan of all the platforms, so I, I cover as much of that news as I can, and I think, like I said last time, we've got a new Xbox coming, we've got PS5 stuff coming, so you know, I, I love to talk about all stuff when I can, but it very long-form conversation. It's just me talking, um, covering all that stuff, about 15, 20 minutes per video usually, a couple times a week, so...
0: Right on. So yeah. It's great content, good conversation. I am a regular over on Rob's channel. I like to watch his stuff. So I do recommend it. Um now normally what we like to do is when we open the show, talk about our Patreon, talk about what's going on, but what we'd rather do uh this episode is instead of, you know, telling you flick a buck, we'd rather you take that buck, uh, go to a you know, a donation service, uh a charity for Australia. Um we'd say, you know, send your money that way. Um uh, we'd much rather you know, our show will always be here. We would rather you Take any money that you may be considering for our show and, and direct it over there. We do uh, appreciate those of you who look into being patrons, but we'll always be here. Um, and I think that's far more important. So um, we'll, we'll drop the flick a buck for a little bit. We want to just support that cause over there and, and make sure that you know we can help uh, get as many people donating as possible. And I will leave a link to that in the description down below uh, to whatever charities you may be interested in donating to. Um, But anyway, welcome to the Ham Radio Podcast. This is a a weekly gaming show run by myself and Carrick. We try to rotate uh, in as many guests as possible. I wanted to just start off uh, this first episode of the new year by thanking you guys for your feedback on the uh, how can we improve episode. Um, The the, the call was pretty loud and clear that um, we need a third host and that people want um, a different visual layout for the podcast where they can see more of us, I guess uh, me and Rob were actually just laughing in, in the beginning because you know for most podcasts it 's always consumed via audio, but a lot of our our listeners or I guess you could say viewers like to just watch the podcast and uh, we th- we think that 's kind of crazy because it 's just like a two hour thing of us just sitting here <laughs> in our rooms uh talking about video games, but uh you know we like to respond to to what you guys desire, and um, so're we 're going to change the overall layout, but for now, uh, as we get art underway. Um, It's just going to be essentially screen caps of the Discord call, which actually when uh, Carrick and Abzi did an episode by themselves and Carrick had recorded it that way, um, a lot of people responded like loving that layout. And they were like, this is so much better. So uh, we're learning it's not just about the cool art and that people just want to see us. Um, So we do appreciate that feedback and, and all else that was provided And uh, we're looking to respond strong this year and and really build the show. Uh, Guests are going to be a huge focus for us. So once again, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, One thing that we also want to change with the show, not a a huge change, we just want like one staple in the beginning, is that we're going to talk about what we're playing each week. We used to do this in the beginning of the show. We kind of dropped it in exchange for news. But I think it's always fun to just talk about, you know, what's going on, what's on your plate. And, uh, you know, sometimes... All of us here can't make videos about every game we're playing, and so it's nice to have uh, a spot where you can just gush about maybe that that low key game that you've been grinding away at. So, um, what we're going to talk about this time around is is games we're playing throughout the holidays. What we you know we played through Christmas and the New Year. So, uh, Carrick or Rob, whichever one of you would like to start and hit us up with what you've been playing. Uh, you can go ahead. Bob.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so, gosh, what have I been playing? Uh, my girlfriend has had kind of a lock on the Switch the past couple of weeks, so I haven't gotten gotten to do a whole lot of that. I've uh, been going back through Monster Hunter a little bit, um, playing a little bit of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. and I actually did manage to get some Switch time in, and I'm still hooked on Blasphemous. I talked about that um, with you guys last time. I saw time. you post
0: a video on your Twitter, I think it was.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, like one of the hardest like mid-level bosses in that game I, I managed to get through. He probably took me two days to beat. <laughs> he really sucked. And I know the game is, like, many, many months old. I think it came out really because, uh, oh, We got, got some dog action. Damn it. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, and but... Jimmy, uh, I'll
2: be back. Okay. Whoa, I'll be back. <laughs> wow. We got a dog Wow. Yeah, they
1: well, and it's funny, because right before the podcast, we, him and I were talking when you stepped away, Matt. I didn't know that he, know, he has four dogs. Four yes. Four dogs. Yeah,
0: and, dogs, and what's yeah. hilarious is I said just before this i was like i'm in my studio i will not have a worry about a dog this time i said like, kerrick has got yeah. us covered <laughs> Fuck. yeah man. It's all <laughs> all good, right. man
1: they're just doing dog things but um yeah anyway so just really loving blasphemous i know it's an older game but i'm just so super super hooked on that game also maddie you'll appreciate this i did get a little bit more astral chain in I all mean, right i had the I had the call to come back to it because I was right near the end when I played it throughout the year. And Mm -hmm. I I took a break, I think for like maybe Luigi's mansion or something at the time, or maybe death stranding and star Wars. And, uh, I was like, you know, I kind of miss astral chain. Let me go back and see if I can't push to the end. So I spent a whole bunch of hours on it yesterday. And last night I got to the final boss. And, uh, at least what I think is the final boss. Mm -hmm. It's pretty obvious that it's the final boss. And, uh, pretty hard. I'm yeah. not Yeah. Yeah,
0: it it, really it ramps hard. up a little bit in the end. They they send some like gargantuan bosses your way. <laughs> like they just they up the scale. It's epic, but yeah, it can get pretty tough.
1: Yeah. So, so that's pretty much I think I think that's it for the most part. You know, I'm getting ready for the onslaught of games I know we're all going to be playing in the next couple months.
0: It's like everyone so. forgot February was a month. Like everyone just said March. Yeah. Even even the the Pokémon Mystery Dungeon remake. Like I don't know about you, Rob, but I'm really excited for it. You know, I I love the original uh, Mystery Dungeon. I thought it was it was great. Uh, it's a big part of my childhood too, so that definitely plays mm. a factor.
1: Did well, you play the demo that they put out for it?
0: No, not yet.
1: Oh, Okay. Have you? No, I'm not actually really a big Pokemon guy, even as a Nintendo fan. It's it's not. Pokemon and Animal Crossing are the series I'm not really too into. Right. But I did see a buddy of mine on Twitter who's a big Pokemon fan Uh, downloaded the demo and was really excited for it. And then he updated and said, yeah, mm-hmm. this is not good. It's not for me. But, I, I mean, if you're a fan already, I don't right. know. You should try it. I'm, I'm curious what you think.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Mystery Dungeon games because they're, they're... – to me, more interesting than the the mainline games, I I just think like the stories are, are far better and more touching and kind of what Pokemon should have aimed to be after it got really popular. Um, that's no disrespect to the mainline games. I just think these are far more appealing. They kind of maintain the combat that you know and love. Um, that does need to evolve still, but you know it's it's still familiar in that sense. But I just think the stories are far better. Like I'll just say this much: it's funny because my friends and I for this last number of weeks were talking about. Uh, Super Mystery Dungeon, and my friend was like, "I want to get a Mystery Dungeon game. Should I get like Explorers of Sky or whatever?" And I was telling him, like "Super Mystery Dungeon has one of the craziest plot twists like midway through, and it mm. gets it gets so good." Um, and I, I think that's I think it's no surprise though because uh, the people who wrote the story were uh, Spike Chunsoft, and they made like Danganronpa and stuff. So um, that's what we talked about during our I think it was Games of the Decade. Um, I brought that one up. And so yeah, I wasn't too surprised once I found out they were working on the games that that's why the stories are so much better. Um but yeah, that that's one that I was like, why is this releasing in March? That's ultimately well, ultimately why I brought it March?
1: up. Yeah. Is like, it Ori in February? Isn't that one of the big ones in February? Or did, is that also is March? It? I, can't I, th- I thought
0: that was I thought that was mid March.
1: Is it another March game? Man. Let me let me double check. I'm really excited for Ori, so
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like all these games that are in March, most of them I'm like, I don't want to skip you. I don't want to skip you. Orion, the Will of the Wisps is like it's
1: like February twentieth. Am I making that up? Maybe I'm making. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Well, their website doesn't say it. Why? Why doesn't their website say Orion, the Will of the Wisps? Let's just go on Google. Uh, you're right. February eleventh.
1: Okay, February eleventh. Okay. Wow, nice. we can so play that's, this. That's one February game. <laughs> we can play
0: this one. All right.
1: That's all we got. That's all we got all right so, but yeah for the most part that's that's what i've been playing you know i managed. Cool. i did get some switch stuff some switch time in and going back through some star wars stuff too, cool so, yeah
0: carrick what have you been playing throughout the
2: holidays um you gave me shit for it i'm oh, pretty man. sure on twitter uh but i downloaded a mod for the camera on in just or uh dragon age inquisition <laughs> i did give you shit for it yep yep and uh i have to say <laughs> i'm doing a video with a couple developers on how cameras and camera distance makes a huge difference in games cool. and it certainly does within or with inquisition because I, w- I would say i'm enjoying it 10 times better wow it's crazy it's wow. a skyrim it's a skyrim style camera where it's to the left and closer mm-hmm. and it just so everything feels so much better and i've switched between having the camera on and off for this video and it's it's not even comparable i do believe that that was one of the major complaints when the game came out anyway was that it was a little too zoomed out and this mod fixes that to the point to where combat feels like a blast now like a legitimate having fun in the combat um in that game and just feeling more connected with the game because you're closer because it's not a ta- it's not like almost a tactical rts because d- the original is actually at times pretty blown out pretty far out and so Ooh. i've been doing that and having a good time with it i'm not changing my review score or anything that's a mod and it's also been patched a couple dozen times since i played it so i have no clue you know what those patches also fixed that's been fun uh, we did a big group of us did a fleet in Star Trek online the free to play MMO okay and we we all jumped and played that some switch games that's a oh VR VR Skyrim um a couple NDA VR games for testing and then I got a new headset to test with some new technology which is pretty cool but okay. a lot cool. of that's unfortunately on NDA it's awesome very cool yeah yeah uh, yeah it's uh especially now they just patched steam vr with a brand new patch that magically somehow makes the resolution better i (laughs) no one really knows there's even people in like the various different reddits like how in the hell but it actually legitimately looks better even on low end and then i have the highest end uh vr so yeah vr skyrim is unbelievable uh it's still skyrim though i mean you know Combat still—you yeah. don't touch anybody in that game. In fact, I went to a mage that way. I didn't feel like I was swinging into nothing, which is what Skyrim's major issue with oh, combat is anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. mage, uh, and yeah, that's been VR has been pretty much I would say primarily what I've been doing, especially with so many titles being fixed. No Man's Sky's been fixed. Um, there's been a bunch of VR, Pavlov VR, Thief Simulator VR, which is extraordinary. Um, yeah, I I was curious about that one. I looked into thief it simulator? A bit. Yeah, it just seems like <laughs> yeah. a good idea. <laughs> dude, it's hilarious. It was originally out without being VR. Yeah, and it, I saw it on Twitch. Ta- take down the guy who's come on the podcast before. It's all he could talk about. He's like this game is awesome. And so I had played the normal version and then the VR version came out and dude, it works. It works in VR so fucking well. So that yeah that's been the majority a lot of it's just for videos you know um mm-hmm. or or like thought pieces i have for the future because there hasn't been any games other than small ones that i've been covering on podcasts and stuff there hasn't really been anything major so it was gotcha. a cool time for the holiday to go back and play some of these
0: yeah that's the best part is you you have either an opportunity to hit up the backlog or just like go revisit a uh yeah a, like a nostalgia game i originally yep. leading into the holidays i I wanted to go, like, just grab my PS2 and just, like, play everything. But I was like, no, I should really, like... I always go and grab my PS2, like, anytime I get the chance.
2: I want to give a shout-out to something, too. Okay, all right. Let's take a look. I I don't know if you have this. So, M Classic made their dongle, which does hardware anti-aliasing for PS2 and older titles. Mm. And if nobody has an M Classic cable, which is what they originally did with their chip, they now released a USB... And I got to tell you, man, older games, holy fuck does this improve their look. Wow. So what it does is without latency, it adds it adds uh, anti-aliasing uh, to any anything to about 1440p. I would say when you get to 1440p, it's not going to be that noticeable. But for Switch games in particular, don't use it for review because it'll look a lot better <laughs> than it normally would. Be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was playing, for example, DCU Online which I have told you about on the Switch, mm-hmm. and it's pretty jaggy. And using this with dcu online it is a dramatic improvement and basically it's a hardware chip that adds anti almost like the xbox x uh improves fallout with filtering and with anti-aliasing that's basically this in a chip and you can do even a pc though i wouldn't but you can put anything into it hdmi wise and uh, i don't know how much they are but i want to give them a shout out because and yes, I bought this. It's not a fucking <laughs> uh, whatever the term is ad. You're not uh, you're not paid it, off by somebody. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know people, but I'm not. Yeah. It it legitimately helps on older consoles a great mm-hmm. deal, and people should look into it. Sorry, that's
0: tough. no, no problem. No, that's a good shout out. I um yeah, like I said, I normally run straight for my PS2 when I get like a free moment, <clears throat> just because I it, it's like one of my favorite game libraries. Um, and I just love the console to death. But I was like, no, I should really. Just you know, go after my backlog of games that uh, in 2019, especially the latter half, I had to you know skip out on a lot of games, and so I was like, "No, nah, this is my chance!" Like you know, I got two weeks off; I should just just go at it. Um, and so I've tackled a number of games. I did uh, Tales of Berseria. Um, that was one that I remember, Carrick, you recommended to me. I think when I was playing, you you told me about Tales and you told me about Nier because that was 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And I went with Nier. Um, I wanted to get to Tails for a while because I do like Tails. I did Zesteria first, did not like it. Uh, probably would have liked it more if I played Bursaria first then Zesteria, because they are connected. And a mm-hmm. lot of nods are made in Zesteria to Bursaria. It's just like the release order made no sense. Uh, but anyway, I finally beat that one because my friends were really big on it. Uh, excellent story. Um, really, really, really good cast of characters. Like one of them is named is Lafayette. Probably one of the best characters I've played in a video game. Uh, really, really good. Uh, combat's kind of same as usual. I think the pacing isn't very good. But uh, the second half, last quarter of the game is, is excellent. Uh, really fun. Dungeon design is horrible. Hopefully that changes in Tales of Arise, which should be launching this year. Why uh, horrible? Uh, well, it's just hard. to When you're going like uh, cell to cell, um, it's, there's no visual differences. So it's very, very easy to get oh. lost. Gotcha. Very, yeah, and, and I'm not asking for hand-holding or direction, but um, when it's telling you to find someone in a cave and the cave has multiple branching paths and all those paths look the same, it's very easy to get lost. And You have to just start remembering shapes on what you see on the mini-map rather than nice. your actual surroundings. So yeah, very old mm-hmm. in that way. It's flawed, but uh, good game. Glad I played it. Um, so yeah, I got through that. Um, I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire. Obsessed. Absolutely I hear that's a obsessed. great
1: game. I hear it's really good.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely obsessed. I um I got into a, a rogue like kick um, because I I usually don't like them, but my friend was like, "Hey, Merry Christmas!" on we game share on PS4. He's like, "I'm buying a game, twenty bucks or less." He's like, "What do you want?" And I saw like Risk of Rain too, and I was like, "Well, it's twenty dollars, and it's multiplayer, and all my friends were looking and getting looking to get it, so uh, we all picked it up." And that was a lot of fun, too. Um, just, I kind of expected it to be, like, loot carryover, um, but it was. It actually ended up being more along the lines of, like, each run is totally different. Like, you pick up all these different powers, and, and if you complete certain challenges, the classes you play has change. And, and these classes are awesome. Like, someone's got, like, a bow and arrow. You could be, like, a, a, a utility-based robot or someone with, like, dual-wield pistols. So, Uh, both these roguelikes are great slay the spire i'm more uh, infatuated with i have it on switch actually and um, i don't know what the difference is in the terms of offering but the switch package feels pretty complete um i've already sank almost 10 hours into it uh pretty quickly because each run it's a very easy to pick up and play game but it's also like digestible because like the spire runs are if you max it out you know it's about two hours each time um And then there are, like, daily runs you can do that have, like, modifiers, and then you can do custom runs um, that you can change how things go. Uh, So it's just a very replayable game. And uh, if you're into card games at all, it's not like Hearthstone or Magic or any of that. It's its own beast, and it can only be accomplished through a game, which is why it's uh, so strong. Uh, So I played that. Uh, I played a little bit of the medieval remake. I didn't like it. Um,
1: Yeah, I tried that, too, and it was pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah, I was shocked. It looks so good, too. Like, visually, it It looks great. I loved what I saw, but I got to the ant cave and nearly lost my shit. I I could not stand it any longer because, you know, so I'll stop rambling in a sec. We'll move on to the next topic. But I just need people to know what I went through here. (laughs) So I'm sure, Rob, you'll understand. I went into the ant cave, and you got to find, I think it's like six fairies and seven amber. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So I do it once. Um, I get all the fairies by breaking down the glass. Um, I get I get all the amber by taking out all the bugs. Um, I get 100% in that area. So I'm going to get the chalice. And then there's a boss at the end, as expected. And this boss just kicks the crap out of you. It's so old school difficult, right? Like the game's sort of working against you. Like I'm holding my shield up, but there's like lava falling from the ceiling and there's bugs on the ground attacking you. So you're kind of getting hit from all angles. So even if your shield's up, And something drops down on you, you don't block it. So you can only block what's in front of your shield. Yeah, the
1: shield didn't feel very efficient in that game. Yeah,
0: it was really weird. Like, there were certain things that they could have tweaked that would have made sense, right? Like, I get retaining the old school feeling, but like, that was one thing that didn't make sense. And then I die, and I'm like, okay, no problem. You know, we'll just redo the boss fight. I get sent back to the beginning, the complete beginning. Got to collect everything again and uh much like what i was saying with berseria you want to talk about dungeons that and once again this is a ps1 game originally so i'm not giving it too much shit but uh yeah th- this place was literally like so samey and it's like a, a winding path of multiple ways to go very easy to get lost uh went through went through that process three times and you know once the fourth hit i was
2: just like all right i'm i'm putting this down um you're saying that you think that some of the game's problems are because it's still trying to retain the old, maybe, antiquated gameplay kind of thing? Yeah, like, yeah. for example, I don't mind them saying, like, collect six of this, do
0: seven of that. If you die, right. like, the game can be tough, but not instilling, like, auto-saves, where once I hit that yeah, boss, sure. like, that that's what was weird to me. That was what was really, really strange to me.
1: I like, think uh, something I felt that was definitely a result of it feeling too true to like the ps1 era roots was the combat did not feel very fluid and i think through that Mm. i don't know if you felt this way maddie but like like the collision detection and the animation and the weight behind your sword swings none of it felt the way a good game of that ilk does today yeah. And if it, it felt like that was one of the things, you know, that they were trying maybe either too hard to retain from the PS1 era or maybe they didn't think about fixing or they didn't have a way to fix. But mm-hmm. that to me really, really hurt the experience. Yeah, because I was you're right. It looks beautiful, but the yeah. playability is just not good.
0: I was wondering why no one was talking about it. I was like, this looks great. Yeah, exactly. And and, and then I played it and you know, at first I first it's like, Oh, this is charming. And it still is charming. It's it's very neat i I still like it yeah i like it in a way but it's just it retains so much of its old school value that i can see what's good about it and i like it like i don't dislike the game it's just not worth my time even if it's a short game like just getting to that that point i was just like okay i've retried this three four times now i don't really want to keep redoing the same dungeon and and the other issue, and, and then we'll actually move on, is like you get these life bottles. So if your life goes to zero, it refills it depending on how much is in that life bottle. And so I went into the dungeon with two, right? And you know I died during the first boss fight. That's my own fault. It was really close. You know he was at a hundred health, and I'm like, okay, when it reloads my save, it's going to reload me with my life bottles. But it only, you know, it's weird. It does, it doesn't retain that. You spawn with half a life bottle, and that's it. So when you die, you get like seventy health, but. Jeez.
1: I don't yeah. even remember that, but it that sounds about right. Yeah, well,
0: that's the thing. It's like, why would you, why would you make it where I, I you keep that I lose my life bottles, but yet, I just I don't know, man. Not not the best game. Cheap though, twenty bucks. Don't regret picking it up. Um, would love to see them take a crack at medieval too, with maybe some of the the feedback there. And I think I would have that seemed because of the price. It seems like more of a impulse timely pickup like i would have liked to pick that up around halloween when around the time it came out and been like oh yeah like perfect you know we'll we'll just get it then and 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 have like a a more festive experience but unless you guys are playing anything else we can move on to the next topic
1: nope
0: Mm -mm. all right so with that out of the way let's talk about xbox so series x is coming soon soon 11 months from now (laughs) and uh We have some interesting comments from a Matt Booty. No, that's not me. Let's read what he had to say. Matty Booty. As our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family, Booty says. We want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel good that they made an investment and that we're committed to them with content. So what do you gents feel about this? That um, Xbox is essentially saying, and, and they also proceeded to mention you know we will have games that make full use of the next gen features he he mentioned halo infinite but he said one or two ip i'm guessing the other would be fable four but what do you guys feel about xbox saying uh, it's about the whole family of consoles with this generation it's not about you know pushing what the series x can do right out the gate
2: i mean like i'm fine with it i don't every company's gonna do something different They've already stated it's one year until they start doing that. Mm-hmm. So to me, each one's gonna do something different. And like, I sort of like the idea, especially cause the X came out not as long ago as people would like think. The idea yeah. of just maybe getting an X and then also you have this other one. I'm okay with that. And when I talk to devs about like, will it hold back titles? Most of the devs are all dude, other things are gonna hold back the titles especially like let's say if they want to put it on the pc which you can't guarantee certain speeds on hard drives it'll hold back the exclusives um for that year but having one year where things will let's say just be awesome to me i'm fine with that forza by the way is the other one Forza.
1: Yeah, I was, think, I was thinking Forza 2, yeah. Too, yeah. Uh,
2: and and after looking at some pictures of what Forza and GT look like, I'm going to be really interested to see how they make them look more realistic. Most likely physics, especially because the Jaguar so CPUs. What do they write on the – right,
0: uh, like I know this is a little off topic, but what do, what do they write on the box when they sell the game? <laughs> just
2: what PC mm-hmm. games do. Just, just Xbox. This isn't – it's just the PC, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's just. I mean, there's nothing about it that's like unique. But then, it's what happens just, when it becomes Series X exclusive down the line? Is the saleable stamp just, like only on Series X? Just, just like PS Five will do. Yeah. Okay. Just like PS Five. Yeah, yeah. Because PS Five is already said cool. they're for sure. That'd having back, cool. backwards and forward compatible as well. Yeah. They just for sure have stated they have a couple at launch or near launch that they want to do. So there's. I think a lot of people are sort of trying to. There. I don't know if it's a miscommunication and it might be it might also be because there's some distrust for microsoft especially when they first launched with their online only so nobody mm-hmm. trusts them yeah if you're as old as me you remember sony lion you remember nintendo mm-hmm. so you just sort of assume everybody's lying are. yeah um but i would say overall i we haven't seen what they're gonna look like so i don't know for example we've seen ps5 footage maybe of that god hand game or whatever it's called Oh, um, Godfall. Godfall, little... yeah agree. and i gotta be honest if that's like what they're aiming for it's not as impressive as I guess I originally assumed I, I it'll be interesting to see like if PS4 or PS5 does something that's just unbelievable but if you have two exclusives uh, on one system and then all the other third party stuff runs on both I'm going to be more interested in how the other stuff runs because I'll be playing those two games for sure but mm-hmm. not for the amount of time I would play the thousands of other games coming out for both mm-hmm. so it's just a different tact and I guess I'm okay with it, it doesn't really bother me
1: yeah yeah. I kind of see it as a I kind of see two main different kind of topics or takeaways from everything that they were talking about here one kind of on like the business model side and the other on the potential library side or at least like the early on library side and I think the business model stuff that kind of talks to what we're all talking about here is is it just seems like what they might be doing with with series x with these quotes is they just might be pushing further towards this concept of the xbox being more of a ubiquitous platform like just like the name xbox Mm -hmm. and not so much meaning like a console a thing that sits under your tv and plugs in and you do just that it might be and they've been doing it already with you know so many xbox games available digitally on xbox and on pc and so I think that they might be further doubling down and, and eventually into the life of the Series X. It might become something where they want people to not think of Xbox as the machine, but Xbox as a place you play games and, you know, a variety right. of different places. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a Google Stadia, but not exactly, because we also know they're doing a Project X cloud thing that's cloud specific side from all this. But I just think that, uh, you know, things like Game Pass and Xbox Live and the way they've been morphing that and now the Xbox Series X things and his quotes here. I just think that Xbox is more of an idea mm-hmm. than it is a console the way a PlayStation or a Switch or whatever is like a console. And kind of Karak, like, kind of like you were saying, like they're trying to this might be their big swing that they're taking to differentiate themselves from the other two guys. And it's, it's not my personal favorite idea because I like the simplicity of an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Switch, and PC, like four separate platforms. But I do think if they if they take the swing and it succeeds, I think it could be super successful for them. I mean, Game Pass alone has planted the seeds for this to be like a really interesting future for them on the digital space. And I think that also means making Xbox just mean all sorts of different things. On the library side, I kind of took it to, to mean that for the most part, maybe the first year or two is, you know, when they talk about Xbox Series X, like exclusive games, I wonder if what they mean is, is games that are made for only the Series X, as opposed to something that could be like a multi-platform game or a cross-generational game. Yeah. So I think that we still might be seeing stuff that's made for PlayStation five and Xbox Series X, like a grand theft auto six or like a fourth tomb Raider game, the kind of thing that's just going to launch multi-platform, and by the time they're actually releasing their own first party exclusive stuff that like Obsidian or Ninja Theory and stuff is making, that might be two years down the road. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. first year it might be filled with like your Halo Infinite, which seems like it's obviously going to be cross-gen at this point. Um, and a Forza game that might also be cross-gen. And in two years, you're going to see what all these studios that we bought up are going to be making. But it's it's not going to be ready at launch. We need a couple of years to maybe get there. That's kind of what I took away from it.
0: See, it, yeah, I, I like th- this is an interesting topic because we all have pretty different different views on the subject, and so so mine is I kind of, and I don't mean this in a negative way. It's going to sound really negative at first, and I'm I'm going to be making a video on it, but I kind of view it as like a shot in the foot to themselves because it's what they're doing is good, right? Like they're enlightening the consumer. They're saying like, hey, you know, if you invested now or or recently. We got you covered. Pretty much that you don't have to, unless a couple of exclusives catch your eye, you don't got to buy into Series X right away. And I don't think Microsoft is afraid of that because of, like Rob said, Game Pass. You know, that that plants the seeds for an interesting future. Uh, And so, you know, they they have money coming in that way, whether you're on PC or old Xbox, new coming Xbox, or upcoming, rather, Xbox. But I, I view it as like a shot in the foot because what they're essentially doing is putting out there probably what... Sony will also be doing, right? Like Sony probably doesn't have a long list of exclusives that are first party and dropping month after month after month, kind of like the Switch did when it launched or uh, what they kind of rolled into with the PS4. I think because a lot of their main studios have kind of come, done their thing within the last two years or so, um, it'll be a while before we see that big ramp up again for them. Um, But I just feel like with Xbox putting it out there, they're sort of shining and turn a spotlight on Sony. Once again, I think it's good because it's very consumer-focused what they did. They're they're letting you know, like, pretty much you don't have to buy in right away unless Halo and Forza, maybe Fable 4 down the line do interest you. And we don't know, Fable 4 might be one of those up the, up and down the family. But for me, the way I look at it is like, I'm super stoked for Fable 4. Like, I, I, I know I don't know a thing about it, but I love Fable, right? So I'm, I should say I'm stoked about the idea of a new Fable. And when you start telling me, well, Fable's going to be able to run on the original Xbox One, I'm like, well, what are you packing into this world? How much is there to offer to me? Um, What can I do in this world? How expansive is it? Like, I feel like instantly the potential there uh, that could be very grand if brought to a new level is limited. Does that make it bad? No, there are great open world games already on the Xbox One and the PS4, right? Um, But we do know... Not talking about the One X, but the original Xbox One is inferior in power to the PS4. And so that's where I start to get worried about, okay, you're going to support that whole family, that's great, but there are games that could be pushed further that you're going to announce that once I hear it's on the original consoles, I'm like, well, how much is getting dialed back? And I don't want them to start separating content, which I don't think they'll ever do, but I don't want them to start saying, this mission, this part of the world, uh, this building mode will be available on Series X, but this is available on the uh, original Xbox, I don't think they'll do that. I think it'll most likely just be graphical, draw distance, uh, lighting, character models, that sort of stuff will change, um, which is all fine and dandy. But like I said, I sort of viewed it as a shot in the foot. I was like, I, I probably, in all likelihood, would not have said that if I were working at Xbox. I feel like that hurt them more than helped them. It secured their small, not small, sorry, it secured their fan base but they're trying to grow and, and reach out. And I'm sure maybe they have other plans. Like we've heard Game Pass maybe coming to the Switch. I think that allows Microsoft to connect with a whole different audience in a really unique way. It would um, be and in of a crazy
1: cor- world if they yeah, did something like that. I hope
0: well. it actually happens, right? Like I know it sounds like a fever yeah. dream. And I, but I feel like it's plausible with xCloud now. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I would love to see something like that happen. And so maybe that's the plan up their sleeves. They're like, look, we got this insane mind-bending collaboration coming Really, in their eyes, do they need to push the console right away or not? Probably not with those plans, if they're true, um, which you know tons of reports keep coming in about it. Um, I just, like I said, I, I view it like they're kind of hurting themselves a little bit. Good for their audience, good for their fan base, good for current Xbox owners or recent investors. But I don't think overall good for how they want to grow, maybe.
1: I kind of wonder if it's if it's really going to just come down to the messaging, because obviously even just us trying to talk about it and figure it out kind of shows that we, we can take similar but also very different messages away from what he said. But mm-hmm. we're still kind of confused, right? Like we don't. We don't understand a lot about the overall final business model of the Series X. And even the name has already been, you know, a a kind of a back and forth joke. Like it's Series X, but it's really just Xbox. Forget the word series, even though we have it there anyway. And so it's like, what does any of this mean? And so we're still so early in the game. It was only at this point, what, three weeks. It's probably not, it wasn't even a month ago, right? That they actually showed us the darn thing or maybe yeah. just one month ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we've got, you know, like you said, 11 more months before they are going to start to show us more info and, if they can really explain the messaging properly, then I think it could hopefully work out really well for them. And if they have good games when the thing launches. Or if they take the poor messaging route and they do like what Nintendo did with the Wii U and the thing is just confusing for the first year, like no one <laughs> understands what, they're, what this thing really is. Right. That's maybe where I kind of agree with you. They might be shooting themselves in the foot even talking about it this early. That's the um, thing. I'm kind here's the of...
2: thing. We always bitch about companies not talking. We know Sony's doing the same thing. So what's really different between the two. One said it out loud. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's why I view it as a really shot in the foot. Yeah. yeah. It's but like... I mean, get it out because Sony's going to say it at some point And then you're going to be stuck with people going, oh, I felt like they were doing it. But now they've they've waited six months yeah. to admit that they're doing The thing is, you can't win. You mm-hmm. can't, like, who, I mean, the messaging right now is that they said it. We already know the exact same thing has already happened with Sony. So it's like, I mean, who? what's the messaging really gonna do and i mean i get the idea about the xbox name being confusing but i have a lot more confidence in humans (laughs) that they will not magically not know what to do i that i do i could be proven wrong people could be we were i think the wii u proves that naming can be an issue i Mm -hmm. don't think the wii u versus the xbox x series is the same thing but they they're not the greatest names.
0: I just yeah, For I sure. just feel like with so many X's, like you have one X Series X, I could definitely understand stepping into a store if you're not like constantly ingrained in that and just being like, What's the difference? And if you have an employee employee, which by the way at GameStop, you know, no offense, but there's a lot of them who give you like a half bake kind of like they don't say next gen, they're like, This is the new Xbox. It's like, okay, what does what new exactly big? mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I just feel like that can lead to some just some trouble. Stuff that like will but remain. But will unseen. it be
2: a tangible percentage? I don't, no, I don't
0: know. Yeah, you can't yeah, say that for sure. I mean, it's, it's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I'm just I'm more so saying I I feel like as a company you just don't want that much overlap with your brand. Like even if it's just, like I think just Sony's got it right. Like everyone joked about the logo. We'll get into that a little bit, but it's just simplistic and it's like four, five three two it's like but this... is
2: it simplistic if five plays fours games and they release multi-platform games it's even less simplistic i do think that, like what because is it? It? it's a called PS4 five or a ps5 you know game? it's
0: the newest one right like it came after four like that's what i'm saying inherently the name would suggest like okay this is the next entry in in the right, playstation how lineup
2: dumb do we think humans are I mean, at this point, I mean, you can figure out sign what on the Twitter, phone man. is. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, the only thing I've ever seen is YouTubers making jokes. Yeah, I've not seen any consumer legitimately confused about blah blah blah. Like, I just don't know. I, I don't know, man. I like I get. It feels like we're just talking down to people now, and it's like, okay, mm. you are dumb. I need to tell you. Like Google three. Uh, I have a Pixel uh mm-hmm. the xl 3 XL, and you know yeah. that's got the weird naming it's got like the xl it's got the normal i actually kind of i
0: personally wouldn't know I've, I've never really investigated oh,
2: those phones i just i've heard I of just it just i just finally got a new phone and i i had what you're describing the moment where i was like but it was a moment mm-hmm. and i i don't know man i like i don't know it feels like at some point we're just really talking down to people and like I just don't see where. I guess I, I just don't see any real confusion.
0: It is a moment, but I, I, I'll say this much: like when I was looking at uh, PC parts of my friend uh, when I was just getting a, a laptop because um, mine had broke, I was like, you know, I, I'm not going to be the first to sit here and try to tell you like I know tech, but like I, I'd say I'm familiar with parts, but like I was like, let me take like a deeper cut, try to learn more, and like just initially being like. Okay, so we have the 980 and we have like a, or I'm sorry, we have like a 1080 and like a 980 Ti, but like a Ti is stronger. I'm just like, wait, what? Like, hold on, what, the, the number is smaller. What does that mean? But it's, oh, no, it's Ti. It's like, okay, oh, uh, okay. I th- confuses think uses me the same way. Yeah, and it's like, I just, yeah, it was a, you know, like Carrick said, it's well said. It was a moment, but like, you know, it's still like a, it's foggy right like that's how i felt even after hitting the purchase button i'm like okay like you know and, and is that on me or the company it's on me i hit the purchase button i'm just saying though i i yeah. think naming is important i think branding is important i think it's important i mean we all know I this too.
2: Is, i just don't think this is a as big a deal as no cer- certainly Wii, not like a uh, big deal Plus, or what what was
0: the old one we and we you yeah no Wii that Wii, that, Wii, that yeah. seems yeah we we you that that was
2: definitely like a shiny I have a question of, for you what do you, what would you name it then? Because you can't name it the X. I mean, what do you what do you call it? Let's say we get away. So they already fucked up with the three hundred and sixty, the one, the original, the original one. What do you call? Let's say you're going to release this. What do you call it?
1: I think that would you I mean, call it the
2: Xbox Five?
1: It's it's a that's a good question. I mean, I I feel like. To answer something like that properly, you almost have to like be on the inside and understand like the meetings and the but the let's R&D say you weren't let's, let's
2: say you're just asked right now, like what would we call it? What I mean, as I mean, a consumer, yeah,
1: uh, that's, yeah, that's as a a good, consumer. it is a really good question, but again, that's that's so hard to answer. I mean,
2: because you can't call um, it Xbox Four because then people say PS Five is more powerful. Yeah, the two, two.
1: Yeah, Xbox. 2, You call it
2: the Xbox? Oh my god, that'd two. be a disaster.
1: <laughs> I mean. I mean, I, I think that honestly, what we're looking at, like, we're just looking at the root of the problem that Microsoft never really had a pretty consistent naming convention. <laughs> We've never, yeah. Had. I guess it's we ready. just
2: unearthed something there. <laughs>
1: yeah, like th- that's Windows really what is it comes the same.
2: By to. the way, remember yeah. Windows Vista, Windows two thousand. Like they, oh, yeah, they're XP. And all that XP stuff. Yeah, Man. yeah. This is not like new. Win, Microsoft can't. Microsoft can't name their stuff for shit. They what can't. they should have <laughs> done is stuck with Scarlet. They should have stuck that. with Scorpio and scarlet and just because i'm not saying that it doesn't make sense i'm just saying i feel that we're that it's it's more of a youtube fodder than a than a real fodder Mm. but if there's definitely like you really look at it it's for sure should have been just stayed as scarlet
0: you can definitely tell when like there's certain conversation points that are just perpetuated by youtubers to fill in like watch time Yeah, like you can just i I don't know man like you can just
2: tell And i I ain't dissing on anybody i've done it
0: yeah, sure. I mean, like, yeah. There's certain yeah, times you're time you, talking about it. Yeah, before. I was gonna say we <laughs> yeah. we're all YouTubers, so we all think our opinions matter to some extent. So we like to talk on everything, and most things we do are like out of goodwill. Like when we over-explain something, it's not because we think someone's stupid; it's because we want to make sure, like you know, everyone gets it. But yeah, the, yeah. like I think and that's it's also definitely, like uh, I mean,
1: it's, something I've talked about because I'm known for making really long videos. Is like talking also takes time. Sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, "Okay, how could you talk so long about this?" I'm like, "Well." Talking takes time. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, oh, yeah. in 13 seconds, I can't give you all 10 ideas on a topic. Like, you have I've to had people
2: say, I talk too much during a review, and I'm like, dude, it's, what would you, would you just want silence? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What, what world what, do you live in? Yeah, no idea. It's
1: really a weird, a weird complaint, right? Because it's like, what are people. I
2: saw a, uh, I saw,
1: yeah, <clears throat> Champ Chong
0: weird. got a comment on one of his videos, and it was like, this guy talks too much. Who? Um, Champ Chong. He got a comment on his video saying, this guy talks too much. Uh, it's and, like, what did, And so he posted a video video of him sitting there for, like, 13 minutes just
2: in silence. (laughs) That is brilliant. That is brilliant. It's a
1: very good troll.
2: And then right at the end, maybe say, game is worth buying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Something like that right at the end. Please buy a game. 10 out of 10. Did you guys
2: see the No uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, No Man's Sky Twitter was like, do not watch this video after this point? Because the person did a full video about No Man's Sky and at the end read fanfic about Sean Murray, sexual fanfic.
1: Oh, wow! Interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah, he just basically was talking about it normally, and then at like 13 minutes, in, he just starts reading sexual fanfic about was Sean. It, Murray. Was it like it was a hard crazy.
1: switch? Was it a hard switch? It was a, it, he, like, from what transition? I understand, it
2: was a hard switch. It was like everything was normal, and then it was it would, uh, it, and then it was just like Sean rubbed his hands through the other man's hair or whatever. I don't know because wow. I didn't get to listen, wow. but it was all over my Twitter. It was like, wow. don't watch this after this point. <laughs> blah blah blah. So I, what a twist. It, yeah, it was it was a little unique for sure. Well, on
1: on on the naming stuff, I, I I think it's, you know, we've already been talking about it. It's a super super interesting situation because I feel mm-hmm. like I think that the kind of both sides of the discussion here really have merit. Um it, there's there's no doubt that most people are going to be able to grasp a new generation console, a new console with a different name is the newer thing for sure. Yeah, promotion
0: um, will do its work for sure
1: a lot of promotion will do its work and you know, we can count on people who work in stores only so far to explain things properly. Like you said, Maddie, but I, I don't think it's crazy to think that yes, people should be smart enough to figure it out. That is true. But I also think that also, like you were saying, Maddie, there is something to the effect that messaging and branding and marketing and all of that stuff does carry weight. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think they, that anyone could ever make a mistake to the level of the Wii U, like you're totally right. Carrick. They're not like a one-to-one comparison. But I do think that the precedent was set with that to show that a big company with billions of dollars behind it can make just a simple – just with the verbiage they tell people and even the videos they show because the Wii U was also revealed with a video to show the controller device. But people were like, what the hell is this? And no one knew if they were going to buy it. Is this for the Wii? Is this an old new console itself? Is it a Wii Mm -hmm. HT? Is it a next generation? And, and the thing looked like a obviously, a, obviously it did
0: it was under the name, but it looked just like the original Wii. Just you had a big tablet it. for a controller.
1: Yeah. I mean it was not a cra- I thought the same thing at the time. It was not a crazy thought that that was just a new controller for the Wii at the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. a crazy thought, but we learned it was a new console. and so and so, yeah, I mean, t- simple, easy messaging that's like that's the the secret to marketing, right? I mean, whether you're talking about a video game company, whether you're talking about Nike, whether you're talking about AMC movie theaters. I mean, pick an industry. Mm-hmm. The simpler the simpler things look with simple shapes and colors. The simpler things sounds with names that are easy to understand. That's the secret every marketing firm is trying to do. I don't think, though, to Karek's point, I don't think that this is going to be like the death nail for Xbox. Like, nah. they are a smart company with a lot of money. I think that people are going to, even if it takes a couple of months or a year or – if they fix the messaging before it launches, like people will understand what the series X is going to be and what Microsoft is going to do with it. But I I do, I do still think though, at one point they'll probably have their own little press conference, right? About it. That's kind of the trend nowadays. And so I do still hope that regardless of the fact that we know people are smart enough to figure it out, that Phil Spencer can get on stage for an hour and be like, Hey, this is what it actually is. This is why it makes sense. And last point and I'll stop I'll stop rambling here too. I think that um to the idea of if the it, like Microsoft not being consistent with their naming conventions, there's a chance that this series X idea is their attempt to put something in place that for future <laughs> That's down what the I road. actually
2: thought, yeah.
1: yeah. so maybe that's what the because when Good point. I that's about a really
0: that's a really strong point, yeah
1: it could be when i talked about it in my own video and i rambled for about 20 minutes about the name <laughs> why well, i thought it was weird uh one of the things i said was like the series i think means more than just what it seems on the surface and and yeah and so maybe that's maybe that's what it is for the next 15 years you know
0: okay that's a, that's a really good idea yeah on the other hand we have the ps5 a little, a little more simpler if i mm. if i do say so myself all right so oops, hold on timestamp. got to write it down for all the viewers all right
1: on Pen and paper, yeah, it's pen like and paper here.
0: I know well, I, the thing is is i 'm screen capping the discord call, so i can't pull yeah. up like a a thing there, so I just yeah pen and paper i I still like using pen and paper for like notes when I do reviews and stuff. I feel like it sticks better, maybe and I'm just a day, traditionalist
1: one day when the grid goes down, you 'll still be good because you can still write and read
0: yeah, there you go. There kids you nowadays
1: go. probably don 't even know how to write and use their handwriting
0: I still can 't believe they got rid of like cursive in school I'm like why
1: yeah that's just it's, it's all over. <sighs>
0: Disgusting. All right. (laughs) Hopefully these kids can read that PS5 logo that got revealed at CES. Alongside that, um, there were some hardware features confirmed for the PlayStation 5. 3D audio sound, (laughs) haptics slash adaptive triggers, which, uh, for those who aren't aware, Xbox One, when it first launched, um, kind of promoted this. Uh, Ultra high speed SSD will be in the console. Hardware-based ray tracing and a Ultra HD Blu-ray player will be in the console. Uh, very small batch of details. Uh, I think a lot of people are calling it PS5 quote reveal, end quote. I don't know if Sony actually stated they were revealing anything. Um, but yeah, they ended up just showing off a logo and those specs there. Uh, do you gents have any thoughts on... Um, I guess people had expectations. There was like a lot of disappointment and sarcasm. I was being sarcastic about the logo because like people were making it a big news piece. And I'm like, come on guys. Like it's, it's a fucking logo. Um, but what do you guys genuinely think about, uh, what, what Sony
2: had to show off at CES?
1: You can go ahead, Carrick.
2: I mean, I was weird. I saw the same thing about like the reaction where people Mm -hmm. were expecting more. Uh, and I could be wrong. Maybe they said I didn't look at the ramp up. I did follow CES for other reasons, um, which we can talk about, but like that Sony and Microsoft or so yeah, Sony and Microsoft will have like variable, fps and stuff which is awesome on on new tvs i think that the only thing i took away from it was that it shows that sony's type of fans are different than microsoft's and maybe even different than nintendo and that those things a a a logo they're that diehard i don't know any other way to say it It, yes there's something that that they're number one on instagram ever for for whatever hearts whatever the fuck people use on instagram I, I don't know i post pictures there but i never go back and look you at have an what, instagram people i have an instagram but i just post pictures of my dogs i've no i have no, oh, okay. I have no I clue fo- like if, no if, if what they use i think they use hearts right i yeah, think it's instagram uses a like, uses, do. A like. Yeah. okay yeah so um i think it does i think that's the one big difference that i did take away from is yes there is something about sony in particular that when that when even a logo gets announced people shit themselves which is cool because i'm a big like as a gamer that's like i don't want people to blindly trust them but i love the idea of people that being excited you know being that excited Mm -hmm. um the little stuff that they amount or that they announced none of that was new yeah so that part (laughs) i think we all sort of were like which is fine though it's you know not being new i guess is different than solidifying what they are doing which is cool and they did Mm -hmm. solidify haptic triggers is great uh xbox has rumble triggers which are good but these will be haptic with a little bit of feedback uh you know pushback it sounds like that's great um other than that i didn't take much from it other than they're solidifying as they move forward i just like
0: that there's going to be a uh, an ssd
2: i think that'll be yeah yeah they're all going to have ssds now i don't see well yeah i mean i don't see anybody going away from ssd or or not if they want those quick
0: startup times and stuff i can't see why they why they would step away from it. Um, But yeah, nothing in the terms of like surprises. I don't, I didn't have expectations. In fact, I was more interested in, even though I didn't look into it, I would have been more keen to see like what um, AMD was doing and, and whatnot. And I know, I think, I think it was AMD that was on stage a lot with Microsoft.
2: And they showed the, the fake, render of the back of the xbox yeah x, yeah i was gonna talk Phil about Spencer that to be like dude that's not or one of the guys at xbox being like that's not what the back of the x looks like yeah. jackass yeah <laughs> wow,
1: i didn't even know that that happened that's really yeah cool. they had like yeah. A, yeah. they had
2: like two usbs uh, ethernet like a uh, something
1: I'm else in there the
0: big thing, thing
2: that they had was they had two hdmi ins which then caused people to think it was going to be like the one and microsoft was like uh uh-uh, and then other people leaked also substantiated that there isn't a secondary HDMI in. Uh, there's two two USB 3.1 Super Speeds. Mm-hmm. Pretty much typical stuff. But yeah, it was funny. Yeah, they it was they interesting because that. the the render didn't have like venting hilarious. on the back. Right. Is,
0: yeah. I was like, what? Like, you know, maybe you that's have...
2: how they figured it out, Maddie. Maybe that's how somebody figured.
0: <laughs> yeah. it. I don't know. Because like I saw it when I first saw it, I didn't know it was fake. Like I saw like they they went over the top, and I was like, okay, I see like the. What looks like venting there, but then they went to the back. I'm like, you're just telling me all the air is just going to shoot up <laughs> when you're the
1: talking, dust well, is they, falling you, down? original one? Is that what you mean? For the Xbox One? Uh, no, on the,
2: on, on, the, on the render, the render doesn't look complete on the back of the fake render. Mm-hmm. Is all. Mm, That's what I right. noticed. Uh, the, the Xbox X is supposed to just have the one fan in the pull. You know, supposedly yeah. one big fan. But yeah, it, there were no grills. It, at least I don't remember seeing any grills, which you don't no, need to pull any. air in to get yeah, air out, which I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think people were like, I, maybe you're right, Maddie. Maybe that's how people figured out like pretty much right away that they were like, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, it's not real. adding <laughs> up yeah. yeah or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It just
0: wouldn't make sense to me. All right. I guess we can move on to our next topic because there's not much else to go on about that. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about low Fallout 76, um, just very briefly here. Um, So Fallout 76 just got a a pretty significant announcement. Um, They had confirmed that there's going to be a uh, Wastelanders update, or not a Wastelanders update. The Wastelanders update will be on the private testing server. Uh, There's signups still going on as of the time of this podcast going live to everyone. It goes on until January 14th uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, That's when you can opt in till. And uh, Bethesda will select some people, uh, let you hop in, uh, get your hands on the updates, uh, report bugs back to them. Obviously, uh, they said that you have to sign an NDA. But if my experience in covering this company tells me absolutely anything, I don't know why they continue these these fan-based NDAs because they get broken every time. Right. right. Every time. I remember even back with like Far Harbor on Fallout 4. We're beta testing our, our DLC. Like, this isn't new. A lot of people are like, this mm, Bethesda's having us bug test. I'm like, this isn't new. It's the same shit with, like, the Pokemon expansions versus the third game. Like, this is something that Bethesda's done for a while, and, and the difference is you're not getting charged for it. But, um, you know, this isn't something that's completely different for them. Uh, but ultimately... I I, kind of sit on the area with this whole update of like, I just want the release date. I just, that's all I care about. I don't, I'm not interested in testing it, but there's going to be a lot of leaks for sure because with Far Harbor, um, a lot of people broke the NDA, sent out gameplay, spoilers, all that stuff, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, And it's going to happen with Wastelanders because what's going to happen is uh, sadly, um, and that's why I don't also know why Bethesda's doing this. They're caught in that area where I sit in the area of I want to see them get better, so I don't create videos about them out of like a desire to hate them or to light like them up. I just cover it as is. Where there are a lot of people with like a like a a, a vendetta, I guess if you yeah, will, right, out for Bethesda, and and so that's where
1: the clicks are. That's what I'm saying,
0: dollar. and so yeah. I think I would not be surprised if someone took a heinous bug that will inevitably be in this gigantic update, four seventy six. And and posted it and people will be like, even Wastelanders is gonna suck. Yeah. And and look, yeah. at the end of the day, like that person's gonna break an NDA, so they're in the wrong. But Bethesda's also in the wrong for being dumb enough to trust that someone's not gonna break it. I I'll gladly eat my shoe if I'm wrong, but man, like every single time they've done these NDAs for DLC or anything in the past, uh, stuff is leaked. Uh maybe they're will crack so, so down more, say? but
1: I'm curious what you would say is is the best way then for for listen to I me mean Nintendo for Bethesda <laughs> to uh to to handle getting the beta test out to people and not having people you know breaking an NDA that maybe didn't or didn't exist. I and feel not, like and, and exposing it for something maybe more than it is.
0: I feel like doing private testing. If you're going to do private testing, you should. and I'm not speaking for myself, by the way, because I I doubt there's even a shot I get invited. But I'm saying. If you're going to do private testing, I think you should just invite like influencers, press, those types of people to play the game. Not because like the mm-hmm. general public shouldn't be able to, but if you're going to do it privately, then I'd say do it that way.
1: If, if, if they want to control the message, maybe that's why they. Would yeah, do
0: it. yeah, yeah. And I, I admire their, I guess, trust, if you will, or maybe their just negligence ultimately. <laughs> but I, I just feel, I, I just feel like, why not? If you're going to put it out there make it public and you'll a get more feedback But put it put on a pts like the public testing server um and and really like stress test this new update
1: i was Um, thinking that if you make it if you made it public it it removes the incentive for people to take one bug like you said and make a mountain out of a molehill yes because everyone in the world could be playing it and they could see like oh that person found one bug one time but i've never seen that bug and Mm -hmm. So they could kind of it'll be the only thing
0: you know of the progress. update, essentially. Oops,
1: dropped the pen. Yeah,
0: and so I think ultimately it can, yeah, I think it can damage them pretty badly um, because th- this update, you know, I don't, I want, I, I genuinely think it will determine the future of the game. Like, if it doesn't pan out well, I think that's it. Um, okay. I don't think the game it's lasts gigantic. much longer. Yeah, so that's why I'm just, I, I, I want them to test it, get it right. But here's the thing: is um, as someone who covered the game for a while, like they privately tested. The battle royale mode and while battle royale and fallout do not mix it was good it was it was polished it was it ran well it was fun um i wouldn't say it was fully balanced because you had frog legs which allowed you to jump like 18 feet in the air um wow. so that was like one issue um but it wasn't like super prevalent until deeper into it and, and they did eventually patch it very quickly um so you know it's like if you can privately test a competitive mode in your game that is multiplayer based, uh that did drive a lot of players to the game that I don't get why why you can't do this for the the PvE form of it. Um just just my two cents on it. I don't think they're helping themselves out at all personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have um it's it's been interesting at least for me to have been following the whole everything about Fallout 76, more than just the Wastelanders, because I'm a huge, huge Fallout fan. I like Bethesda. I know everyone wants to give them shit nowadays. It's like, oh, you made one humongous mistake, so you're done forever, has kind of been the reaction. And the mistake is huge, don't get me wrong. They deserve absolutely backlash for what's been happening. I'm not right. saying that they're that people shouldn't call them out for their mistake. But uh, I'm not ready to, like, bury them in the dirt and say, well, there goes Bethesda. Like, I, I still yeah. like them. And I'm such a huge Fallout fan. And I was really excited when it was coming out. Um, and to see what it's what it's become and just this entire, you know, cavalcade of just nonsense since this game released mm-hmm. uh, has been really sad to me. So I guess I'm... I'm I'm with you in the sense that I, I I have I've not taken the cynical approach towards anything happening with Fallout seventy six. It's been nothing but a like a disappointed and sad approach because I would rather learn that this game is really great. And I would rather see them fix it and make it a game that's like a pretty kick ass Fallout experience that I as a Fallout fan would say, It's finally time for me to play this game. I want a reason to believe it's good. And on the Wastelanders thing, it's definitely conceptually and until they get the beta out and people test it and until it releases and we see what the thing actually is, the concept of it finally adding NPCs and things you can do that isn't totally reliant on online play and playing with other players. That's exciting to me, which mm-hmm. is kind of backwards to the concept of 76 because what I want it to be is really just a regular fallout game. I don't yeah, care right, about it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just want NPCs and quests and I don't care if I ever see another person online. I don't really care about that and and i'm i could only hope that a good version of wastelanders makes that experience yeah um, but i don't know if i can i mean you're and you guys are following it probably closer than me so i don't know if there's any chance in hell that it turns out to be that good but i i want it to be
0: i think it'll be a lot bigger than people expect in the terms of um and by bigger i mean like content in there like i think they're overhauling pretty much the entire map based off what i've seen so far they have like Pretty much for every story beat that was there, that people were like, it's vacant, it's hollow. Um, Like you know, right when you step out of the vault to Overseer's camp, like they've they've confirmed like there's going to be NPCs here, there's going to be like a settlement here with people you can talk to. So there is going to be a lot more interaction, and so I think. If it ends up being good, you're going to start seeing a slow transformation of the conversation because a lot of new players will come in and have the perspective of, I hopped in my first time with Fallout 76, and right off the bat, I was interacting with NPCs. So it didn't feel as hollow, which was one of my biggest issues. So it'll be a very interesting conversation moving forward with this game, provided it is good. Like I said, I just think it'll be a lot more substantial. I think a lot of people do... I guess, underestimate the power, I think, of a really good Fallout experience. I mean, a lot of people are like, myself included, by the way, I don't want it releasing too close to, to March at all. Like, I, I pray to God it doesn't release close to March, like, just mid-February, please. Um, but at the same time, a really good Fallout can, can sweep most people away. Not that it's going to take away from, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake or something like along those lines, uh, Animal Crossing, you know, really big March launches. But I think, um, there's something very alluring. There's a reason why Fallout 4 was incredibly hyped, why people love New Vegas and love Fallout 3. Um, I think people are, are more yearning like for, a for a good Fallout. And I'm just saying if like No Man's Sky, God, that was such a horrible fiasco. If that can find a way to bounce back, um, I just, I feel like 76 could find a way.
1: That's a good point because of how bad No Man's Sky was. Oh, okay. Um, Because of how bad the No Man's Sky thing was. And I mean, that was at the time, dude, one of the worst controversies I ever remember seeing go down. And to their credit, you know, they went, they went ghost dead silent for like whatever that two years was. And then one day it's like, hey, we have a new good version of the game coming out soon. And Mm -hmm. then when it came out, People were like, "Yeah, this actually is like a really good version of the game." And am yeah. I? You guys can correct me. Am I correct in remembering that the initial plan for the launch of Seven Days Six was to have NPCs, and it was kind of a surprise when it launched without that? Um,
0: like no the I the the, the initial done. plan was the players were going to be the the I put this in quotes the NPC encounters, like the what if every person yeah. you saw in the world was another player? I think that was the exact <laughs> quote. And what would that be like for Fallout? Um, but the issue was that at launch, there were a ton of shackles on the player. So, like, if you saw someone else, you, could, you couldn't you could just attack them, which made sense. You just don't want to, to, to yeah. get, um, what's the word, griefed. Um, but at the same time, there was no danger in the world when you passed another player. So you could either trade with them or that was it. You know, you just use an emote, wave to them, and... Um, and then you combine that with every quest you pick up. You just knew the fate. Like when you're, quote, like a lot of quests are like, go look for this person, go look for this group of people. And like each time you're like, they're dead. Like I already know it. They're dead. <laughs> like that's what this game's about. Everyone's, everyone's dead. This place is completely empty, and you're the last people there. You're exiting the vault and, and rebuilding, they say. Um, so they, they say that this is chapter two, phase two. I think, honestly, what Fallout 76 is is a giant test for the future of Bethesda Game Studios to see how they can blend their online stuff with their open worlds and uh, see how their engine can handle it. And now what Phase 2 is is seeing what happens when you have that same online space alongside uh, a lot of players. Because I would not be surprised if you know because Elder Scrolls 6 will be somewhat deep into the next generation the Series X and the PS5 and with that being the case I would be shocked if they weren't thinking pretty much like co-op with friends huge world wars against other factions um that that line of thinking because just think of how definitive Skyrim is or I'm sorry was and still is to this day I can't imagine they're shooting short with that. So I think even Starfield will have, like, we already knew, they, they said there's going to be, this is cutting deep, but they have, like, new animation systems for for uh, Starfield. So so we know they're, with each game, it seems like they're experimenting with a new facet. And I, I really just think they're just trying to ramp up everything to just blow people's minds with Elder Scrolls Six. That's the one I'm most excited with personally. All right. Carrie, um, do you have any thoughts on Wastelanders, or uh, shall we move on to patron questions?
2: Um, I just think that uh, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head where they asked that question. They were like, what if uh, every NPC that you see in Fallout 76 is a person, and that's what we got was a shit game? <laughs> because that is exactly what no one who likes Fallout 76 wanted. No one. N- no one wanted Fallout 76 where there were no quests that you know were you know super dynamic with people moving around that's exactly they gave pretty much everybody something they didn't want yeah. and that's why there's so much feedback it's not because because you and some other people i know have played 76 and enjoyed some elements of it mm-hmm. but it isn't like any other fallout it doesn't even feel like a fallout game It it looks like a fallout mod because okay. it is missing the major thing, which is the stories and the quests that really matter and all this uh, you know combined narrative world. and I also, though, at the same time feel that you are in a catch like 22 kind of situation with this shit. Mm-hmm. you either release a shit game and you move on and everybody hates you because you moved on. or you release a shit game and you work on it and everybody hates that you're not working on the next game. Yeah. There is absolutely no way to win other than releasing a good game at the starting. And that's why they're in this position. And for me, I have no issues with Wastelanders. Um, I didn't even put Fallout seventy six on my like worst games of the of the year of the decade because, and I know some people did, I didn't because I don't have enough um, experience with it, and I would feel vastly uncomfortable, like yeah. pretending that because I listened to you guys. I was gonna speak with some kind that's of that's how I felt with
0: uh when I was making my disappointing list for this year I also wanted to just focus on disappointing which is more like hands-on than brother just bad but I was like I didn't play, right. I didn't play breakpoint I could easily just go that's bad and like just add it to the exactly. list. exactly like I and didn't so
2: play it I did anthem but anthems improved right but I did anthem as that was hugely that was a huge mistake uh, m- mistake and I played it though with fallout 76 I can't say I played it a ton. But I am ex- I am excited for this um, expansion because, like you said, what if somebody gets into it tomorrow, and it's got these character, you know? What if there are and and they're enjoying it? All that all the power to them because then you have a company who looked at the, all the issues. Yes, they made a mistake making it, but they're trying to, you know, they are actively trying to go out there and fix it. I would be all for that too. Mm-hmm. I just think you can't win right now. The it, it's Damn. really unless you're, you know, what's the term every. You can, I can't remember what developer said it, but he basically said, a good game is good forever and a bad game is bad forever.
1: Oh, uh, that was like, that was a uh, Miyamoto from Nintendo.
2: Was that Miyamoto? Yeah. yeah. And I do feel that these guys will, that that is for sure them. You know, you have the people who say, I will never trust Bethesda again. You and I've said it, but we've said it because of other things like, um, or we've said it about Obsidian, sorry, because of their bugs. You know, we've been like, I don't know if I want them to do Kotor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, would we, would we like, Hate a game even if it was awesome just because it was made I, by Obsidian. No. I
0: don't like games on like a case by like when I don't like something, it's on a case by case basis. Exactly. If I don't like what Seventy Six did, it does no not make Starfield bad. That's how I always exactly. approach it. Exactly
2: because it makes no fucking sense. If you did, man, it mm-hmm. makes it, it. just you can certainly be forewarned though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, there's and you should approach with it with forewarned. caution for sure. Absolutely. But but there's no shot. I'm just like shipping Starfield home. Or even the the Wastelanders expansion, just because exactly right. You know, quite honestly, Wastelanders is what they're used to doing. NPCs questing, and uh, and while I will say, questing took a dip not only in seventy six but also Fallout four. Um, it seems like more of a a return to form, like a Fallout three kind of experience, and Fallout New Vegas kind of experience with um with the Wastelanders. So I mean, it yeah. could be it could be great. I don't know. I. I I feel like maybe some time away from like obsessive writing and crafting characters and and reinserting them back might into the universe them. now might have helped them. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. And I'm also curious to see because this isn't like the issue that they made. Bethesda's biggest mistake with this game was like marketing it using the Bethesda Maryland, like putting Todd Howard on stage and shit. Yeah, right. Mm. When it was mostly well, they like Austin to sell the game though because he's yeah. so good at that. So yeah. I think that's
1: probably why that happened. It
0: it was so stupid though because now. Everyone thinks like Todd Howard and his team are the ones who were like in on the game constantly. And don't get me wrong, they worked on it. But like this yeah. was mostly BGS Austin. And and they were yeah. formerly like I think they were working on that oops, I hit my elbow, sorry. Um they were working on what was the name of the game? It was a canceled
2: third yeah, person can- I action know what you're game. Talking about. Yeah. I yeah. can't it was remember it. Lone was still on the podcast, I believe. It was back they then.
0: They had like the arcane wasn't...
2: art style. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like, a... was...
1: like um, uh, oh my God, like a Dishonored kind of thing? Yeah, it looked like yeah, that, it was... but it was a
0: third-person
2: melee combat game. Home? It probably would have done really even... well for nowadays, sure. but...
1: And it's canceled, it's for sure. It's it is canceled. canceled. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: yeah. these guys mm-hmm. moved to Fallout 76 from it. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that game? Because we mm-hmm. talked about Battle it. something? I don't know, no. God, what a terrible name. If it has guys. battle in its names. Ba- exactly. Generic Shadow <laughs> yeah. of War the War Battle Guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Big time fights.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know what it was called, but I think they worked on that originally. When it got uh, shut real down. quick,
2: though. So we don't know the release date of this expansion, right? I was asking that prior no. to the podcast. So no, I think just the no. PTS timing, which is next Friday. Is there so, a chance
1: that it could be like a summer release, you think? Maybe after these big early games? No, they it's they definitely – it they,
0: they said Q1 2020. They did, so. Oh, they did say Q1. Okay. They said, I'm sorry. They said early 2020. So oh, I no. think that puts it in the first two months personally. If they drop yeah. it in March, they are – It's going
1: to be March, man. It's going to happen. you got to yeah. prepare for it. <laughs> it's coming. I'm going
0: to be so depressed if i got to skip a
2: game because i got to cover Fallout 76 wasteland.
1: <laughs> that would be very unfortunate.
2: Or what if – hey, let's just be positive – what if you jumped in there and all of that time away, those guys were writing quests and you go in there and you're like, This is good. That would be amazing. So it would be you know, it would be yeah. something that see, that excites me. More yeah. than we I can I can diss on games really well. But there's when there's a good turnaround, that's what excites me. Is oh like, god, yeah, everyone loves that little comeback that, story. Yeah, and when or, or, and listening and, and like saying, okay, yeah, this was fucked up. We've revamped everything. The idea of that being like No Man's Sky, I tease it and I will forever tease it, but I can't tell you it's nearly as bad of a game as it was. It's improved a million times more. Yeah, I, I think and, uh, Star uh, I like Wars that.
1: under Star Wars under EA is kind of a similar story, really. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order was the response to everyone who's like, mm-hmm. everything you've been doing so far with Star Wars has been not what we want and not very good. And so they came out with this game where they doubled down on, you know, checking the boxes that everyone wanted them to check. And the game came out and was exactly that and was actually really good. Did you
2: guys see the story today about that, too?
1: Oh, they didn't
2: that Disney was like, no, 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 you're not doing Jedi. And they were all wait, what? No, we want to do a Jedi game. They're like, no, do blasters, probably based on 1313, because 1313 Uh, had the idea of a smuggler. And yeah. so they were more on yeah, that. They were like, it, we don't yeah. want you to. F- yeah, they were like, we don't want you to fuck with Jedi. And they sold it to him. They were like, no, let me let's explain exactly what we're doing. That's also why I think Jedi Fallen Order, while it's good, does feel piecemealed at times. You're like, there's a little jumping, yeah. a little this, a little that. Mm-hmm. I, I can see why to sell it to Disney. They were like, what if Dark Souls, Star Wars, what if Uncharted, sure. Star Wars, what if? Yeah, and it turned, uh, it, it, it turned out great. It turned out not magnificent. Whoa whoa, Almost, <laughs> He's like, whoa. freudian slip whoa <laughs> way freudian i don't think that game is magnificent um but it, it it does show what rob said where it's just like they did turn it around mm-hmm. and they did say you know this mm-hmm. is what people are asking for let's do actually what they're asking for and see right if on. they're going to put their wallets where their mouths are and they did
1: yeah which they is did. awesome I, i'm gonna have to look into that i'm glad that you mentioned something about yeah, see, that it, it, it happened today I, Ooh. I I won't turn this into a movie tangent, I promise. But it's so frustrating to me because as a huge Star Wars fan, I think Disney has been a huge part of some of the problem with the stuff recently. And so to think that they also were trying to negatively influence the video game, which isn't even their movies. It's like, how could they be so unaware of what is the right product to make? and it's like an EA is no friend of mine don't get me wrong i mean i i like a lot of their games no, no, no. but i don't i yeah. don't love their business practices mm-hmm. however they are at least the video game company so there's the, the link that... oh dude thank chat. you so much okay yeah. thank you i'm going to sorry i posted
2: that. it twice yeah you you want to read it it's a Ugh. incredibly interesting oh and it was lucas film wanted uh, not Disney, but uh, Disney's in oh. there. But anyway, yeah, re- okay. yeah, re- read about it and it talks That's just about just all as that.
1: Frustrating.
2: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't want cool. to get too the cool backstory, it's just, right?
1: Yeah, it is a very, very interesting backstory.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's one of those stay in your lane moments. It's like you make yep. movies, stay the fuck over there, <laughs> let them yeah. work on the games. Yeah, like right. you said, well, even if it's EA, at least they work in games and they they can maybe these, figure it out.
1: These problems could have also been. And I know we're not talking Star Wars, but the problems could have been fixed if maybe LucasArts was never shut down, where there was a specific Star Wars Lucasfilm division for video games. Mm-hmm. But True. once Lucas retires and sells the company and, and and Disney all of a sudden owns everything, within the first – I think it was within the first 12 months of owning the company. Yeah, 2013, I think, is when they shut down LucasArts. And everyone was like,
2: what the hell? I firmly Lucas... believe that, by the way. Yeah, I wish Lucas. I I do believe that like them going away is what caused it has caused like a lot of the issues. For sure. Definitely. Think well, of how it's changed it, it since one, then. It has. Yeah. The, in, the institutional knowledge and the I mean I get that they wanted to uh, change canon to what they wanted and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but it's it's a it's sort of an unmitigated disaster. Even if you like the movies, I think most people can still look at it and be like, "Man, this is mishandled for such an amazing IP." It was a we one-two have,
1: punch really. Of it was a one-two punch of LucasArts is closed, and then we're also giving it exclusively to EA. So it wasn't yeah, even like yeah, Star Wars was, yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. I mean, that, that yeah, happened. there was
2: all <laughs> kinds of weird
0: shit, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The thing is, anyway, is EA needed Wars. a a Marvel like approach, like Marvel Games approach. I should clarify because even though it didn't pan out perfectly, they oriented like a team that analyzed like individual studios with visions, like right. you said, like Insomniac is going to make Spider Man, and we're going to mm-hmm. have capcom do marvel vs. capcom infinite once again like i said these aren't shining examples like obviously yeah. spider-man's probably the best that came out of that deal Spider-Man.
1: Um, marvel vs. capcom 2 was really good i'm sorry yeah. Mar- i'm sorry ultimate alliance 3 not marvel versus capcom. Yeah, are you yeah, talking about switch, ultimate, ultimate switch, switch alliance, game, that, was, that game was good i, I, yeah, I liked, I liked it. it
0: i liked it it was it was very like it's chaotic super, but i liked it
1: it is pretty chaotic but and i it's also it's a
0: gauntlet game
2: they're all chaotic yeah, yeah I, i'm sort keeping my mind i feel like it was originally a mobile game
1: I'm, I'm curious where that's going to go. You're
2: curious where what's going to go?
1: The the Avengers mm. game.
2: Mm. Yeah, slightly, me too. I'm open to it, uh, but I'm
1: nervous, you know?
2: I'm very nervous. <laughs> Everything I've seen so makes me feel linear. like...
1: yeah.
2: Uh, you know what, though? I mean, it could be like Star Wars, where it is a little bit more linear. Star Wars is really open planet, not open planet even. It's like open locations on planets. Yeah. I'd be okay if they were like, we're going to these hotspots in the in the world as yeah. Avengers. But everything we've seen so far has been like, I know. it has been that, but I it's know. been like, and it's straight path. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But again, we don't know if they're holding, you know, we, you never know what these guys, we could talk about this forever because it just happened with Batman yesterday. Mm, these really. guys are holding data and, and leeching it out. And that's also causing an issue where people Batman can't is even such a problem now. <laughs> Batman's a tease and those fuckers can fuck off. I was excited for about 5 minutes and then I got off Twitter and was like, "Wait. This is mm. like the fourth fucking picture in 6 months. Yeah. They're just little it's like After just the do night. it." <laughs> yeah. oh dude. Dude, sorry. That's yeah. a, that's a tangent for me.
0: No, I I don't blame you, dude. I I I went from being so excited to just like, <laughs> "All right, hit me up on the games here." It's you like know. Harry Potter for you and I. it's
2: like dude yeah, if it's, like, it's going to be a thing yeah. just do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Warner Brothers is is arguably one of the most underrated problem makers in in gaming when you really look at how they market shit and they yep. shut shit down What? like oh. Yeah, God. very
2: much so. Totally. All right.
0: Worried. Let's let's hit up the Patreon see what they've got to say for us this week. Um we requested some new uh questions but we're also going to be going through, you know, former ones that were posted since about the end of December. We don't have a ton because people knew, like, I was on holiday break, characters was on holiday break. So uh, let's get started with Blade98. Now, this is a very interesting starting question because I don't know if we really have an issue with this, but I think um, we'll get into it in a sec, actually. How do you force yourself to take a game slowly rather than just try and rush through it? Do you guys have, like, an issue with, like, maybe... Um, social media makes you feel like you want to get to the end so that you don't get something spoiled for yourself or you want to be a part of the conversation so you kind of fly right through it do you guys have that issue at all or do you just you take games at your own pace i personally do it that way but i know with reviews it changes a little bit too sometimes you gotta not rush but like crunch in and really like schedule i gotta play this game for eight hours today kind of thing
1: yeah i i definitely don't ever feel that I mean I guess like a slight pressure, but in general I, I tend to just do stuff at my own pace and mm-hmm. I'm also not a full time YouTuber, like I know you guys are full time with what you do. I'm not, so I have and I also don't really review games very often, just on occasion. So for me, I guess I'm pretty fortunate. I, I'm not in a situation where I, I feel like I need to spread my coverage this way or that way. Um, I get to kind of just cover whatever the topic is that interests me, seems to work nice. for me and for the most part for my audience. And as far as just how I how I game, I mean I the the way I avoid that is the fact that I am totally OCD about whatever area I'm in in whatever game I'm in. I'm I'm just wasting so much time going all the opposite directions and checking the perimeters and like oh what's that in the corner is that a box I can interact with whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know a lot of people, understandably, they just go to where they know the game wants them to go to next, whatever it is. And that's just not how I play. I, I take I take an obscene amount of time when I go through games. So. <laughs> That's that's just what works for me.
2: I'm the same they way. About, they talk about not reviewing when you're just playing games. He before? didn't
0: specify. That's why I said we could just hit up both sides of it because I know with reviewing, like it's not a rush. I never feel rushed, um, but it's more like you know you feel pressure sometimes. Like you know when it's like two days from the embargo lifting, you're like I still got some game left here, man. Like you know, and, and you got. Do you know like, what I really feel though, Maddie? Sessions.
2: Don't you feel more? Pr- I feel far more pressure. <clears throat> on the oh i hope my footage is good than i do on if i hope i get the game is uh, i hope i get the game done does that make sense so if i get the game a week early i'm not never stressed about finishing the game i'm stressed because that's not to be rude most developers lie like oh this game's going to take 80 hours fuck you it's going to take 12 hours it'll take Oof. 80 if i collect everything so yeah, to me my stress is like the premiere pro is it going to crash is because yeah. I talk to Colin about that on Twitter all the time. Like Colin will be like, "I hate Premiere Pro uh, from uh, uh, the podcast," um, right. and it, that is more stressful to me. And I play uh, differently than Rob. I'm very or I just, whatever interests me is what I play in the game. So I'm if I'm doing quests and a am, quest doesn't interest me, I'm done and I do a different quest line. Yeah, I'm
0: very obsessive in how I play my games. I'm very like particular, but I've tried to you know loosen up. And just do, like, exactly that. Because um, I feel like I've enjoyed games more that way. That's ultimately the, the, the goal, I guess, right? It, and when yeah, you play right. things in such, like, a a critical manner for videos or reviews, you want to make sure you're informing the consumer properly. You want to make sure your head's screwed on straight, that you're not just kind of, like, putting on the blinders. Um, it kind of lets you play games differently. But I've tried to just focus on, like I, – and I, I've said this multiple times last year. Just, like, you'll notice on my Game of the Year list, it's just, like, games I found really fun. Like, I found Rage 2 fun. I found Astral exactly. Chain insanely fun. I found Dragon Quest Builders fun. Um, the Outer Worlds is really the only game, and as well as Jedi Phone are the only games on my list that told, like, I thought, good stories on top of having, like, solid gameplay. But for the most part, I've been trying to just connect with, like, enjoying myself. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've made it pretty clear I'm more story-oriented. But, like, me just sinking hours in the Slay the Spire and, and Risk of Rain 2, like, that that never would have happened until I kind of, I guess, switched how I gamed. Um, so ultimately it's, you know, I, I think if you're looking for tips blade, it's just like, it's a hobby, man. Like there's, there's no rush. There's no race. And in fact, I almost, uh, as much as I feel fortunate in my position, I do envy a bit of just like waiting a month to pick up a game. Like when, when everyone's like March, March, oh my God, March. Cause we all work in this field and we want to play all this stuff. And I'm sure other people want to play all that stuff too. But for me, like, I make RPG videos. Definitely want to pick up Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's a really big game. But as a fan, I want to play the the, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Remake. Right. Oh, but then there's, like, Doom. I, I do a lot of Bethesda videos. So I should play Doom Eternal and cover a little bit. Like, see what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, as, as someone who works in that field, it gets crowded. So, like, uh, just remember, man, it's a hobby, and you can just wait till. Summer. I mean, these games go on sale so quick. A ton of games that Xbox announced that went on Game Pass were like out for four months last year. Like they put Devil May Cry Five and they put Metro Exodus on there in June, and and that they both came out in February. So I think I think Devil May Cry was a February game. It um, was, yeah. yeah. Okay, it was okay. Yeah. So like you know, don't don't put the pressure on yourself. It's just it's a hobby. It's supposed to be fun.
1: That peer pressure gets to you, man.
0: It does. Yep. All right. M- Molotov, Michelle, uh, first question What is one launch game you want most for the next generation Xbox or PS5? You can choose each console if you like, but it will cost you a shrubbery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a what that Monty is.
1: Python. Shout <laughs> out. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh. Python. oh.
1: She's, she's yeah. She's from a...
2: over there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Will
1: bring us a shrubbery. Okay. <laughs>
2: all right so the
1: question is what's a launch game you want on the console yeah
0: yeah launch game any any of your choice
1: like do you know are we trying to be realistic or we can just like go go crazy yeah that's
2: uh, no that was sort of my point (laughs) yeah
1: yeah because like i would be like oh like you know i want metroid prime 5 on like the next console or whatever it's like that's (laughs) not gonna happen um what's i mean for me i'm really glad that there's a new halo launching the xbox i'm i'm incredibly excited i freaking love halo i have high expectations for infinite and the fact even though it'll be cross-gen i'm really hoping that the experience on the series x whatever that is is just going to be amazing and just feel Mm -hmm. feel and look like something we haven't seen so it's like that's kind of one thing that's already actually happening for PlayStation, wow, dreams come
0: true. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: they do. I mean, I guess you know. Okay, I will. I do have one for PlayStation. I would love Bloodborne two to launch the PlayStation five.
0: Hell yeah, that's that that's was my, my answer. <laughs>
1: no, I am sorry. I still it, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, that's my. That's mine. That
0: was definitely mine too. The, the, I think bloodborne's the best game that's come out of FromSoft, and I would hail to see another one. That and obviously, and on, I, I said it earlier. Fable four on the Xbox. I would like to see PS, that.
1: A, a PS five hardware. Bloodborne too, man. How freaking cool could that be? That's just
0: mind-bending. Yeah, like the the weapon variations, the the environmental details. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I would
2: I would do insane things for that. Kerrick, what about you? So I was saying that I would I would take your answer, Fable, but I don't care if it's on the next gen or now. Like okay. that, I, I'm more interested in that IP. And then, like Rob said, Halo. I want to see. I, I I I want a good Halo again. And I don't mm. mean the... Ba- I didn't hate the other ones. I didn't even dislike the other ones like everybody else did. Yeah. I, they were what they were. And their story was fucking weird. With the yeah, didact or whatever. Say. But Halo 3 is probably my favorite. Maybe Halo mm. 1, switching between the... T- I really adored 3, so I would love it, to see a Halo. And for uh, Sony, it's not realistic. But I'll just say, obviously, Spider-Man uh, 2. Like, mm. I'm. it's not realistic at all, but yeah. that game, to let me... Is by far the best exclusive that they've got. Um, I enjoyed it more than God Cincinnati. of War. I enjoyed it more than, dude. It was it was, it was so good. They they nailed it. So yeah, Spider Man. It too. is
1: really a great game.
0: Yeah, and Insomniac's just so consistently good. So I, I'm excited to see what they do next. I'd love woulda... to see uh, like a launch, uh, like within the launch window, just like a little PS4 slash PS5 cross release. Like it would be such a slap to Microsoft's face. It would be mad funny if Sony launched Sunset Overdrive on PS4, <laughs> like, in Ooh. September. Yeah. Oh, that'd be crazy. That, All right, sorry. Great, I'd I, like
1: a sequel to that game, actually. That's a great game. I,
0: yeah, I love that game. I, I think it was yeah. a reason to buy an Xbox personally, but I get why it wasn't, like, enough to convince someone. But I, I cut you off. What were you originally going to say?
1: I I was just going to actually kind of throw a Nintendo thing in there because I kind of joked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've, I've, I've long been kind of supporting my personal theory that I think the successor to the switch is coming in like the next, probably like two or three years. And I don't think many people agree with that. I've seen that response on my videos, but I do think there's a good chance they move on to next, their next gen within like 2022. And I yeah. also think for sure that that's what, when how can um, they
2: disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense whatever i i agree
1: <laughs> i i I, 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 mean, I don't think it's i don't think there's a hundred percent either way like we're just guessing here right so anything could be true but to me the theory makes sense it sounds like you guys agree a lot of people don't they think you know a couple years ago kimishima from from nintendo said they want the switch to last for 10 years and it's like he oh. did say that mm-hmm. but i don't really think that that. i just feel like real nintendo
0: realistic. is known for constantly like just iterating like even if they're small like they keep just growing changing formats oh, and all that stuff. So I feel like your theory is incredibly sound.
1: Yeah, it makes sense to me and and so with that and also as as the huge Metroid fan I am and with the delay of Prime 4 and the restart of development, I think mm. we could be in a situation where they line up just perfectly in around 2022. So I would actually like for Metroid Prime 4 to that launch. That would be so awesome for you. I mean, it would be, man, it would be so cool. And if it's like I think cross-gen could be possible in that situation, but obviously when we think of cross-gen games, we would hope that the one on the newer hardware is taking advantage of that hardware, mm-hmm. so I would love to see a true next-gen Metroid Prime 4 experience right. to launch or near launch of whatever Nintendo's next thing turns out to be. So yeah. That's kind of how I'd like to see that play out.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the trilogy to hopefully drop this year. I think it'll happen.
1: Fingers crossed. I
0: think it'll okay. happen. I'm a believer. Yeah. Uh, Vault101 guy says, uh, why do you guys think that Xbox announced their console at the Game Awards? Seems kind of early for me. I'm sure they'll have more details at E3, though. And he also wants, uh, your guys' thoughts on Bioshock, because they already know mine. I made videos on it. But he said, he originally said he wants to hear Carrick's, but this is before we they knew Rob was a guest.
1: Oh. Well, go ahead, Carrick. It's cool.
0: So first, why do we
2: think it was announced? Yeah, at, at the Game Awards, and then Bioshock thoughts. I will firmly say that I I do. I've always believed that the series is exactly what Rob said, where the series isn't really just that one system. It'll be a series, and they're trying to get that's what they're trying to push. I think that they are making it less about that one piece of hardware. So to them, rolling out a little bit of data makes perfect sense. Plus, they have their own Microsoft event prior to E3. So I think it'll be. You know, Game Awards, then their own event, then E3, mm-hmm. and then you'll get the release. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to know my thoughts on just Bioshock as a series?
0: Um, the, the newest announced Bioshock that um, that was confirmed by the 2K Novato, now known as Cloud Chamber.
1: It we should don't... be Irrational, I think.
2: Uh, they shut I... down Irrational. I think Irrational's in Boston or, or something
1: Or maybe like it that. did shut down. Yeah, I'm going
2: to so... be honest. I don't think I remember that being announced wow <laughs> it, was,
1: it was it was a pretty small pre it was really just a yeah, sl- a it was a press pressing, release like we're making a new one but it's several years away i mean that's all yeah. it was
2: maybe it was i serious. saw that but um i mean i'm excited for it but i like ken levine mm-hmm. so is, okay. is he yeah i don't think it's it? anything you can really elaborate no. on no he's not
0: he's not he's yeah working dude on I, I something with 13 other people
2: <laughs> i have a I um he's a squirrely dude he, he's he's all over the place, but i I dig that guy, and I think his ability to tell a unique story is far higher than most other people's so I'll be interested in a Bioshock that'll be great, but um disappointed that Ken's not leading a new team even Ooh, though yeah. it would take fifteen fucking years for the thing to be made <laughs> <laughs> Ken, I mean look sorry, how lo- Ken. look how, look how yeah. long it's
0: taken for them to get out the the game from ghost yeah. story games I'm just like okay, right, it's just his way yeah. I guess yeah. yeah, but no i I definitely
2: i mean I'm excited for it. it'll be cool to see.
0: What about you, Rob? Um, why do you think Xbox announced it at the Game Awards, if you got an answer for that? And then uh, what do you think about the newest Bioshock announcement?
1: Um, I think as far as the Xbox thing, definitely everything Carrick said, 100% agree. All of that stuff was, I think, part of their plan. I also, I also wonder if maybe they realize like, a Game Awards audience is a pretty good audience to just take advantage of. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think it's not only do I think it's why they decided to reveal it there, because you're getting a lot of non-Microsoft fans and just the whole gaming community is watching. Um, but a lot of people have said, like, because the Game Awards show most people didn't like, I didn't really like it. And it ended really poorly with, like, uh, just like the Fast and Furious <laughs> thing and, and, and all that stuff. And, and people are like, well, why wouldn't they have saved the Xbox thing to the end to give us a big one stinger? And to me, the answer is because it's not Microsoft's show. That's Jeff Keighley's show. Yeah, Microsoft right. doesn't care about a stinger at the end of the show. They wanted it probably as early in the show as possible, that's correct? Most eyes yeah. were watching, so I think people kind of confused Microsoft's role in the Game Awards there when they asked for that to happen. Like, mm-hmm. made perfect sense to me why in the first twenty minutes Microsoft showed up to show the Series X. Um, yeah. So, and and again, everything Carrick said about you know the Xbox is just more than just an Xbox. And as far as Bioshock, I love Bioshock. I think that Bioshock Infinite was incredible, and I don't think that the game is remembered to the degree that it deserves because it was such a big deal when it launched in 2013. It was a huge deal. Oh, it's so good, right? It's still good to this day, I think. But I just think, you know, a lot of things after time, they just kind of become a little bit more of a meme or people forget about them. And it was also the same year as The Last of Us. I think people forget that. And The Last mm, of Us yeah. did manage to kind of keep its very strong fan support going this whole time. And in Bioshock Infinite people just kind of forgot about it. And I, I think it's a shame because it was a great game. So I'm I'm excited to see what they're doing. I also agree with you, Carrick, in that I wish Ken Levine was involved because I think he's he is a really, really cool guy and he makes damn good games and so it'll be interesting to see what it turns into without him. But I'm excited.
0: All right. Awesome. Uh, We got a couple more questions from Molotov Michelle, and then we'll get into what's been asked for us today. Um, She says, when I name a vehicle or ship, I always call it the Furious Kitten. Do you guys name ships or vehicles in games, or if not, what's something weird that you do name in a game? I name all pets Duke. I name them after my dog.
1: Mm. The only name I use for, like, other things in my games is Watto. From Phantom Menace. Oh my God! Uh, good to know you. Hey. Wow. <laughs> my my Palico in uh, Monster Hunter is called Watto. So, and uh, when I played Pokemon Shield, I named my my starter Pokemon Watto. So I forgot what I named.
0: I I can't name my Pokemon. There's something wrong with me. I cannot name them. I literally cannot. But I uh I mean so
1: this was my only Pokemon game I ever played, and so I was like, Yeah, everyone
0: everyone names them. I'm like, I, there's like eight hundred of them. I have trouble remembering all of them. I need their original names. Yeah. Uh, so I just I just I just can't use the custom names. Um that's that's funny, Watto. I named my character in was it my character in I don't know what I named the the, the little cat, but I know I named my character in Monster Hunter World Bulma. Gave her like hey. light blue hair yeah i was like nice. yeah why not why not
1: yeah you could have you should have named your palico trunks you had little kid trunks i i you feel like i named
0: them. it something dragon ball related um yeah. i can't maybe i named it Poir. i don't know
1: <laughs> oh that's what it should be Poir. yeah or, it should or, be
0: uh, but i i can't remember
1: yeah who was the other uh, krill or not krillin what's the other corin was the other cat corin is the other one yes
0: no i definitely didn't do corin i don't know what yeah. i I just know my character's name was Bulma, because whenever I I like died it would just like say Bulma and they would have like my death quote I wrote out, which I, I also forget what that was. <laughs> <laughs> that game's awesome, man. Carrick, what about you? You do, do you new, do dogs. names at all? I feel dogs, yeah.
2: Yeah. I yeah. have a couple names from like Dungeon and Dragons characters, but usually it's mm. dogs. Yeah. Makes sense. All right.
0: Last question from Molotov, Michelle. Which video game world would you like to be stranded in for a year and which would you just like to visit?
1: Mm. These are deep.
0: I'll go to the Star Wars universe. But, you know, more specifically when, you know, things aren't in chaos and war. Yeah,
1: which is most times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would like to right. live in a that peaceful one Star week Wars era where
2: nobody's battling. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I go I go there for a vacation. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> well, I would say uh I, I I would like to take the Star Wars thing, but I, I won't take that one because that, that is a good answer. I would say if I was going to live in a place, I would like to live in the Hyrule from Breath of the Wild because cool. that's a really cool kind of pretty area. It's got dangerous parts, but it's pretty neat. And if I could visit, I would want to visit uh, the planet of Talon 4, which is the first Metroid Prime. So that hmm. is a very hostile place, so I don't want to spend more than a couple of days. So I would just a couple of days there and then but I would definitely live in Hyrule.
3: So.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Visiting. Well, actually, if I were to pick anywhere to live, I would live on Manan.
2: Yeah, it's my favorite planet.
0: Yeah. If I were to visit anywhere in in a video game world,
1: yeah, they're, they're like different, right? Like they're different questions: the living and the visiting.
0: Yeah. Then again, would I want to live on Manon? Because I feel like Manon's so like structured politically, and it's so like, uh, like. Uh, like they bring down the hammer on everyone. I don't know. Might might be a place I want to. Yeah, I'm going to visit Manon instead. I will visit Manon, and I will live. Ooh, I have a cheap answer, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I was going to say I, I will. I will. I would live in the Spider Man version in New York City, so nothing would really change, and I just have Spider Man in my world.
1: Mm, that's a good hack. That's
0: a pretty good
2: answer.
0: life hack answer
2: there. How about that? All right. Carrick, <laughs> what about you? Fable to live in because you'd just be fucking everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, Fable or Skyrim because they're so easily romanced. Fuck, yeah. imagine you'd just be like, you would never have to worry about being single. You'd just A, B, B, A, and you'd be fucking.
0: Dude, <laughs> dude, if you if you want Everyone easy sex, just go and fall out yeah. for If you pick enough locks... You know, Kate yeah, will like true. you, you can just bang her or Sims like,
2: okay. I could go to Sims 4 but uh. I have a feeling I would light my fucking house on fire on accident
1: what about Mass and, Effect there, there's and a lot visiting, of that's,
2: that's what I was going to say Yeah, uh. but, I mean, Mass Effect is such a it's like one of the coolest worlds Jade Empire most oh, of mine want, are Bioware if you
0: want to get your rocks off in a stupid game world you should just go to uh, what's the name of the game uh, Ride to Hell <laughs> oh, oh no god. shit right god that game <laughs> that game is
1: I only got. I only, got, I only got
0: like an hour in but I just remember like you beat up a guy and some because you did like some girl has sex with you and you're like what
1: She's the like, what the Let's fuck go. Yeah. I only know that game from the Angry Joe review but it was so fucking hilarious man it was like I have, a, I, I have a I have a video on my
0: channel of me playing it and like I just remember like a lot of my friends would like reach out to me and tell me it was like funny when I got to that point because I was just like b- baffled why they were having sex
1: <laughs> that's how women work didn't you know <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like what the fuck
0: man, oh man
1: ride to hell literally yeah
0: uh, empty and Made has a good question. What, if any, New Year's resolutions did you guys make this
2: year? Never make them.
1: Don't, don't make them?
2: No. I, like, a couple years ago, Like I pretty much started making them when I'm, you know, any time through the year. Sure. And if I want to change something, I just change it. I'm not saying I'm better than everybody else, by the way. I'm just saying I realized I wasn't mm-hmm. completing them if I was doing a New Year's one because, like... Sort of the thing to say you did one. So I've just yeah. been like, if something pops up, I'm like, I'll make it right now and not wait. I don't, uh, I, yeah, I don't, for New Year's, I don't, yeah, I haven't made one in in a tremendous amount of time. It's been many years.
0: Yeah. I get the allure of like the palate cleansing. Like for me, it, like 2019 right. was like a super chaotic year. Like it wasn't a bad year. It was just really chaotic. And I was, but just, you like, feel
2: like you can reset, you know? Yeah. Like, so I get days. the internal yeah.
0: reset. But for me, like, Carrick. I just, yeah, I once I want to change something, like my diet, my exercise habits. Just change it. Yeah, I just
2: yeah. change <laughs> yeah. it. I'm Just, just I, eat
1: better food, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. That's all you got to do. If, if, <laughs> if, if, what if what if the world
2: was that easy? It, it, it's because it's not. Be. It <laughs> yeah, God, be. that'd be amazing.
1: Just eat better food. Okay, copy, yeah. done. Yeah. Nope. If, if it's not January 1st, I can't do it. It's got to yeah, be January right. 1st. Got to wait. I mean, right. I, 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 I do kind of like fall fall to like, you know, I become a sucker for the idea of a, a new year's kind of palate cleanse. And the only one that I, I kind of made was um. it's a little bit of a cheat because it's not so much a new year's resolution, but um, my girlfriend and I were just in the process of buying a house. And unfortunately cool. we had to walk Congrats. away from the purchase. Oh, yeah. So it, it didn't go through. Uh, <laughs> sorry. The way that unfolded.
2: A... <laughs> yeah. So... That was a, that was a fucking, that was like an up and down there for a second. Know, like, good job.
1: Not, not, not. Actually not a good job. Um, but we, we were right there. We would have signed our closing about a week ago now um, if everything had gone through, but it didn't, which was really unfortunate. And so we had to put the process off. We re-signed a six-month lease at our current house that, that I'm in now that we're renting. And so okay. we've we've basically just set a new deadline, like, well, it's going to have to be summer. So the closest to a resolution I made was we will succeed this summer at finding a house that we want. Cool.
0: So, nice.
1: Yeah, that's what I got.
0: That's a good goal. Yeah, I, I just, I guess I for a couple of years now, I've sort of instilled in myself that just like goal setting is good for like general motivation, like week to week, day to day, like whether it's small goals, like today I'm going to make a video. That's a goal. Okay. I did it. You feel good about it. Um, I just, I feel like that's just a healthy mindset. And uh, if you just load up your palate with like long-term new year goals and you know, you're not going to, not that you can't, but like it's very hard to accomplish all of them and stay motivated for all of them. So I just think it's uh, better just to you know set goals and little intermittent periods and, and just approach life that way. Um, I guess f- for me, if if anything, um, I think this year, it just when I say taking it easy, I don't mean like coasting, um, just, you know, making sure I allow myself time off. I think my content and my channel performs better when I'm just able to be like, yeah, I'll take a I'll take a day off here like over the weekend or something and just, you know, allow myself yeah. to relax. I don't think I did that quite enough. I've gotten better at it. I used to never, but um I used to struggle with it a lot. And so that's kind of like one of my continuous goals just to, you know, settle into a healthy work life because uh, it makes the rest of my life a lot more healthy. So if anything, that would be my pick.
1: Oh, I mean, a work-life balance is, is so important no matter what you do, mm-hmm. even if you're like full-time content creator or if you just whatever your job is right got to do it man it's so healthy exactly
0: so So, you know for me like you know the worst feeling is like when i'm stuck in the chair all day but i have to neglect like going on a run or some form of exercise like that's when it feels the the worst to me because it's like you know i feel like i'm sacrificing when there could be a balance and usually it boils down to i think some type of um scheduling all right we got uh Four questions from Mike Fury. Surprise, surprise. Um, number one: Will you guys play Temtem, the
2: Pokemon-like MMORPG? I heard a lot of chatter. Oh yeah, this. I hell
1: even heard yeah, of it. Temtem.
2: Hell, hell yeah, yeah. The game, by the way, looks like the Pokemon game to get people who aren't into Pokemon into Pokemon-style games. Huh. Yeah, MMO.
1: I'm going to look it up right now. I don't yeah.
2: Know. It, yeah, it was a kickstarted game. A lot, a
0: lot of people are very big on it because they're saying it kind of took the the Pokemon battle system expanded on it. I have not looked into it at all. I just saw Spawnwave say a couple of things about it on his Twitter account, um, but that was really it. Like, I haven't seen anyone talk about Temtem at all or Tim Tam, what is it called? Is it on a, a Tem-Tem. PC Tem-Tem. game?
1: Or... It's on oh, PC. Oh, no, it looks like it's on everything, actually. Well, yeah. I have it on PC, yeah. Yeah, Stress oh, Test
2: okay. is tomorrow, 6th, 17th and 19th, and then it releases on the 21st or 24th, I can't remember. Oh, it's actually releasing this month. Yeah, it'll be an early wow. access, but it's okay. considered a game, so they're they're fully doing stress tests right now. Wow. I, really, I love it. the
1: art style. The art style is yeah, really cool.
2: Looking. MMO Pokemon. It's it legit everybody I've talked to has played it. I'm gonna play it tomorrow as hmm. been over the moon for it. So that and people wow. who don't like Pokemon, which is interesting to me. So hmm. that's why I wanna cover or I wanna
1: oh, check it out. That's that's definitely me. So I might yeah. have to try it then because yeah, might Pokemon you might be
2: really interested. For some reason I thought you already For some reason, I thought, Rob, you had already said something about it on your... I must have got yours mixed up with somebody else's. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I hadn't
1: heard of it until just now. It It looks great, though. It looks cool.
0: Well, I guess we can add this to uh, our answer for number 2. He says besides Kakarot, whether what, what other games are we hyped for this January? And it seems like those are the only two releasing.
1: <laughs> the <I'm>, the only <laughs> other one that I know is coming is and it's not for me. Well, I that's not true. I might actually buy it. Um but they're just doing a a, a definitive edition of Tokyo Mirage Sessions on the Switch. It's a great game. Which was uh so did you play it? Did you like it? I played
0: it on the Wii U. Um I did like it. I will say this much. Um the end dungeon is very much a, a kind of a rehash of all the older bosses so it's it's a pretty tough game too um mm. but it's got a good personality it, it very much is exactly as advertised it is like a blend between fire emblem and persona and it works very, very cool. well you yeah Here's, if if you like either I, of those you'll like it
1: I, I i do like fire emblem i'm not a persona guy um there's nothing against it. It's just not How the kind <laughs> of RPG that I know. I'm a maniac, <laughs> but i I'm just, it's just never like super appealed to me. I believe it's good. I know it's a great series.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but my question is, and I have friends who I talked to about this back in the day, but now it's been a couple of years since it came out. Um, would you say that if you're a big fan of the Wii U and the gamepad, which I am, does it not make more sense maybe to play it on the Wii U instead of the Switch? Because I actually, when I think about a, a game that relied on the gamepad so much, being ported to a console where you're not going to have a two-screen mm-hmm. experience, it to me, it seems like the version that's less interesting. Well,
0: it's a good question. I, I remember with this game, what the gamepad actually used it for was when you would get texts, you would just look down and it was like you were holding a giant cell phone. And so yeah. you'd look down and you could like, I put this in quotes, answer your texts. By yeah. looking at that screen, but outside of that, the second screen was a map as well. So when you're running around the dungeon, I think you could look down and see the map, which was nice. But overall, I, it, I, I, it, I
1: kind it, of love that gimmicky stuff, though. I, I did that.
0: too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I bought a Wii U for a reason. I didn't buy it because I just eh, whatever. I was like, yeah, I, I'm. I want to try these gimmicks, and I liked it. And yeah, I, I think it fell into the pool of you know how Wii U started to get those games where like it was just a giant controller. They didn't really use the the two-screen screen, functionality. Yeah, yeah that that's sort hard. of where that game fell into. It used it, but it wasn't in a, wow. like, this is built around it kind of manner. So it's okay. a good port because it can sidestep a lot of the issues. or I'm sorry, it can sidestep that conversation, rather. Um, I think it, it'll work just fine as a Switch game. Because all that happened is, like any other game, like even, funny enough, Persona. You get a text, you press a button, and the HUD will just pop up, and you'll just answer. I yeah. mean... Plenty of, funny enough, JRPGs in general just have that cell phone stuff, so it won't be any different from other games in that way. Um, I
1: think what's, uh, what's, what's yeah. hard for me is, is remembering the Wii U years, and I, I do like the Wii U. I know there's a very small collection of us out there, but I really, really think the Wii U is a good console. And I liked the gamepad, and I miss so much in gaming nowadays I miss the real-time map in my hands at all times for any game that has it. Like, yeah,
0: not a lot of people knew playing, that luxury, gosh. I'll be honest, yeah.
1: And you know what? It's I remember in the probably the second year the Wii U was out, I realized how much, you know, games were using it and how much I loved it. And I was like, I can't imagine going back to having to pause and go into menus to check maps like you always did. It just feels
2: weird. So it feels gamey after that. It eyes. does. And, and I'm really what, sorry. Okay. I have a family friend who's got some stuff going on, and I have to go. You're good, man. So, okay. Go on. All right. Take care of what you All right. yeah. Sorry about that. Nah, oh, no uh, worries. Maddie. I've got you recorded up until... Right now? I can yeah. actually just leave it on. It'll just record.
0: Yeah, man. Then... Or you can, you can, okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got it.
2: All right.
1: Sorry yeah. about that. Okay. No, you're good, no man. No worries. Later, man.
0: All right. Now it's just... Uh, we got to rearrange just... the overlay real quick. Yeah, because right.
1: I just went away here. I have to remember how to... Well, that's just me. <laughs> how do you bring it back so that it's everyone at once? How uh, I do Double-click...
0: One? My face
1: Hey, there, there we right. go.: <laughs> Much Yeah, um, so yeah, but I, I'll, I guess the, the only thing I was I was really getting at is I think that you know, now that we're back to where every game that has a map, you have pause to go into it, I'm just like, oh, this feels mm-hmm. like. I mean the Wii U wasn't great but this is such a step backwards to what the Wii U let yeah. us do at the times, you know? It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's strange, just,
0: right? I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the audience is like, "What?" But like I'm telling yeah, you guys, Wii like it it's just a like, it, it was a very major it was a convenience thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like in a way what the Switch offers because it's portable, you know. People are like, "Why are you excited about ports?" It's like cuz I could never bring GameX on the go. Now I can take like The Witcher and yeah. play it wherever. Like that's cool. I
1: mean, it's been 3 years and I don't know about you, but I'm I'm still not not over it. Like I still get excited and happy to know I can just pick my switch up and just be like, well, mm-hmm. now I've got this great game I wherever it. I walk. Yeah. Like, I still like,
0: like Slay of it, the Spire though. is a perfect example. I I can, I can understand why people would hunch over their PC and play it. But for me, like that seems perfect for the switch and it, mm-hmm. it feels that way. It really is.
3: Nice.
0: Uh, I'm curious for your answer on this one. We'll, we'll fly through these. Uh, what's your opinion on the Pokemon DLC for 30 smackaroos?
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting uh that you asked that because right when we were getting started i actually had to post my video that i made this morning on that exact topic so oh. by the time this, this this is out i'll have like a whole like 12 minute video on this topic. go check video. it out folks um yeah go check it out but the, the quick version is again as not a pokemon fan but as somebody who does have shield i bought pokemon shield and played a couple of hours for my first ever pokemon game it's, I, I've more been just watching how the community has reacted to it, which is also why I'll be curious to hear your thoughts because you are a Pokemon fan. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, I, I've seen people who are really happy with it and I've seen people who are really upset with it. Uh, the way I see it is it's just more DLC. You know, $30 is a pretty hefty price tag for DLC, but it's. they're calling it an expansion pass, right? Not just DLC. Mm-hmm. And you get you get two different things one in a couple months, and then one, I think, in the fall. So it seems like it's a good amount of content. The big controversy I've seen is the fact that already Sword and Shield had pulled a bunch of Pokemon out of the game, and people were unhappy about that. And this one now is adding, I think, 200 excuse uh, excuse me, 200 more Pokemon into the game, which I think is the right idea, but it's now behind a paywall, so people are pretty upset about that. Uh So I mean, my take is, it doesn't really affect me much, but I think that it's it just kind of shows that they've really struggled to handle, I think, everything about Sword and Shield yeah. properly behind the scenes. So, I mean, what do you think?
0: Yeah, man, I I, I feel like um, it's it's a funny situation because I always forget this, but Pokemon usually does do like another release in kind of the same world, but rounding it out or adding more to it. Um, but this is almost like better instead of them if they did a a third game, whatever they call it, Pokemon Cross Sword. And it, yeah, it, Pokemon it, Gun. Yeah, and it, actually that was way better. <laughs> and, and, they, and they just added in like 400 more, or 200, I'm sorry, more Pokemon mm-hmm. and, and some more quests and um, just added stuff to the wild areas and built out the world. It would just be, everyone would be like, oh, this is what Sword and Shield was supposed to be. Um, I feel like when you do it with the expansion, though, number one, it's compared to what Nintendo's done for, like, 20 years, starting with Pokemon Yellow. Um, this is easier on your wallet, so you don't have to buy a whole new game. Mm. And if you're like me, who I played 10 hours of Sword, and I was like, ah, I think I got Shield. I don't remember. but
1: Yeah, one of them.
0: One of them. Um, I played 10 hours. I was like, yeah, not liking what's here. So I'm interested to see the game pass, or game pass, wow. Uh, The expansion pass, uh, what it offers, because I like the wild areas, but the wild areas had nothing in it. It was just giant places to host Pokemon. It's like, all right, I don't really find much exciting about this. You know, you could have filled out a general overworld that kind of like the DS games did. Um, So if they have like interesting wild areas where you can explore like caves and stuff, that'll be cool. Um, If the story is better, I'll definitely be interested because I think Pokemon's capable between, like I said, with Mystery Dungeon, but also uh, even I thought like Sun and Moon told a solid story. Um, I think they're more than capable of doing that. So if the expansion can build something interesting, I'll definitely be keen to try that out. I just think ultimately it's one of those things where it's the closest they'll get to what I think it needed, which I made a whole video saying how I want Pokemon to get like an Assassin's Creed treatment, like take a year off. Mm -hmm. rely on like outside properties kind of how assassin's creed did the movie when they took the year off and they came back with origins afterwards um i would like to see pokemon just go in on the the movies manga um Mm. go on pokemon go uh and just kind of leave it at that maybe like a remake like mystery dungeon where it doesn't affect anything that's fine put that out there um and, and let the main series like breathe and and reset because whether you're a core fan hardcore casual i think it was pretty obvious that um this game had some problems and it could have been a lot better um and so i, I think this is the closest with this expansion pass will get to my theory of them needing a little bit of a break um yeah. so i view it as a good thing ultimately in that so you long way maybe answer. they're just
1: maybe they're just buying time with this to give themselves extra time before the next one yeah that could yeah, be part of it so. you know like, i mean i'm i as a, as a as a Nintendo fan, but not Pokemon fan, I've been waiting for the new Pokemon game to be announced. That is such a drastic departure from like the simplicity mm-hmm. of what it's been that I'm like, holy shit! I have to play that game. Yeah, man. You know, and yeah. uh, that's they just have yet to do it. So yeah, one day
0: everyone wants that Breath of the Wild style Pokemon, and when it happens, yep, yep that, yeah, that's I sure when
1: <laughs>
0: everyone will be in on it. Benjam asks us our next question: If you had to start a new YouTube channel doing something. Not related to what you are doing now, uh, which this includes for me, my, my separate show with my girlfriend, BFGF, AFK, what would you focus your new channel on? Also, what's your favorite food and drink or snack after a long day of work?
1: Ooh, there's a lot of stuff there.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Um, I've always thought about starting up a separate YouTube channel, but I think I would do, uh, cards. I like card games. Um, Nice. Yeah, I like playing the, the Dragon Ball Super card game. It's very similar to Magic the Gathering. Uh, it's just pretty much based in Dragon Ball, so it's more my, my speed. Um, but yeah, that would probably be what I'd do. I'd focus on card games. It's very niche. It's not a place to grow. It's not a place you can like, start a career. But uh, if I were to do this as like, a hobby, uh, that's where I'd probably go.
1: There's a pretty strong community of that stuff out there though isn't there
0: yeah if you do like, like magic, magic for stuff. sure but like Dragon yeah. Ball super it's because it's only the card game it's not like a video game as well and it hasn't been around nearly as long so um, it's not reached that level of popularity yet but I'm sure it could get there it's it's Dragon ball for God's sakes
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I would for sure do a Star Wars um I've I've kind of toyed with that already um, like I there a couple years ago I was making regular Star Wars videos about stuff and um, then, of course, with Rise of Skywalker just coming out, I made a one hour review of that movie and that. the whole saga like crazy because I have so much to say about. So <laughs> if, if I was going to do something not gaming related, it would be a first channel. So.
0: Yeah, that or, or cooking. I can't cook. And I think that would oh, be hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that would make it better content. Yeah, it's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, but he keeps trying to burn his house down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you have a favorite food, drink, or anything after a long day of work, or is it just what's in the cabinet? Or well, or the I fridge? mean, a lot
1: of times it's that. I yeah. I, li- I like beer, so I like to have a beer after work every once in a while. Um, I usually I usually do that. And as far as food, man, I'm not picky. I'm just I'm not allergic Neither to anything, I. and so Same. I'm just yeah, yeah. There you go. Just what, that's a, that's a situation where it's like whatever's in front of me, I'm gonna eat and I'm mm-hmm. gonna love it.
0: So, yep. It's a, good, it's a good problem to have. I uh, I think my go-to, I wouldn't say this is like a favorite, but my go-to is always just the Tostitos chips. No dip, just Tostitos chips.
1: Wow. Just plain, plain Tostitos chips. <laughs> That's unique. That's a first.
0: I, I, have you tried them?
1: I mean, I'm sure I probably have had a Tostito without putting salsa <laughs> or something on it, but it, it yeah, I don't know.
0: And and they're, they're great it's it's great i really recommend it just get the bite-sized ones they they must know yeah. people like me exist because they, they they have the scoops which i'll scoops have just on their great. own but yeah. um they have just bite-sized little round ones and i'm just like these are great man so nice. I, I don't know but I'm, well, I'm more i'm more of a savory guy i like i like salty
1: uh, okay there you go i i definitely like trail mix as far as just snacks i'm a big trail mix guy Okay. I like mixed nuts and stuff, and and fruit like dried fruit. It's really good for you, um, so that's part of it. But yeah, yeah, that like helps. That stuff.
0: You know, feels feels good while you're gaming it up. That you're not just destroying yourself. In exactly,
1: a just like a Doritos dipped in cheese whiz. This is yep. perfect. Yeah. Try not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's no good
0: oh god it reminds me of high school i used to always make sure like <laughs> whenever a new game came out I'd, I'd grab like a can of mountain dew like some mac and cheese like oh my god nice. so bad yeah nice. so bad i would have uh i
1: would have, a, I would have a energy drinks i would i would love to have like a red bull or something while mm-hmm. i play like a brand new game that was bigger yeah.
0: than that yeah just fire I, you actually, up
1: i kind of still am to be fair an energy <laughs> drink or a beer and i always supplement it with what well, i've always got a bottle of water near me too at all mm-hmm. times because I, I just like Just the more water you drink, the better for yourself. So Mm -hmm. whether I have a beer or an energy drink while I'm gaming, I've also got
0: Perfect. Yeah. Staying hydrated. Yeah, man. All right. Last three questions. We're going to fly through them. They're from Aunt Jemima. Uh, First one's, what's a game soundtrack that was so good it elevated the game far beyond what it normally would have achieved? For me, the atmosphere of Skyrim would not have clicked nearly as well without the aesthetic orchestration paralleling perfectly with the scenery. Wow. (laughs) What a mouthful I don't know how I got that out without stuttering Um, Good job Yeah. Anything with a a soundtrack Any game with a soundtrack that uh, maybe you were like This is a lot better now because of what I'm hearing Combined with what's in front of me
1: Yeah I would say The the two answers for me are already Great games without the soundtrack So don't get me wrong But I think that the soundtrack for the original Metroid Prime And the entirety of Halo Everything in Halo Halo, as far as music goes That's a good answer Is so good I mean, wow. And again, Halo is already great. Metroid Prime, already my favorite game. But you add the music to those individual games on top of it, and it just goes crazy. And I I will agree with the writer, uh, with Aunt Jemima. Uh, I think that Skyrim was a great answer because I love what Skyrim does with music, the flourishes and stuff. I'm a bigger fan of that than this bombastic just music that's just kicking in the background, yeah, so I think uh that's a good choice for them so,
0: yeah, I agree. I would pick Skyrim, but it's battle music, I think is so bad. <laughs> I just could never I agree I could never get into the this fantasy based like unless there's like chanting that's what gets me in fantasy combat, but mm-hmm. um, that's like a very it's gotta be a specific type of game um for me, I'd say. I'd probably say Nier Automata. I like the, the game a lot. Obviously, it's one of my favorite games ever made. But that soundtrack is like – I have behind me a record player, and I have the records my girlfriend gave them to me for Christmas of like the entirety of the first Nier and Nier Automata soundtrack on them. And I was just – as I was like editing, I had it in the background. Like the music itself is just art, and, but it paints like a picture in your head of what scenes they're played during, and I think that's kind of powerful. <clears throat> so when you're actually watching it unfold, I think it, it it enhances the moment entirely, whether you're just running around or it's a boss fight. Like every single track, you're like, I know where I am right now. So, yeah, that's definitely one for me. Uh, nice. Number two is, has there ever been a game people praise so much that you began to dislike the game just due to raving praise? What <laughs> games? Breath of the Wild has done that to me despite liking the game in general.
1: Oh, this one's a thinker is yeah,
0: isn't it weird it's not like you want to dislike it because people like it it's just that like it's you know you start to go like all right it's, it's great but you know you, you don't Uh-oh.
1: i i have i have a perfect answer it's okay. gonna be very controversial so i'm that's ready for love. everyone to
0: it's the end of the show out. most of them are gone now
1: okay that's <laughs> a good safe. point no one's still watching right i can say this in a safe space uh for me that is 100 percent the witcher 3 uh, yeah, that was my answer. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That happened twice. I took Bloodborne and Witcher 3. For-
0: that's so funny. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Witcher 3 for well,
1: sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean talk about it. I want to hear what you what you think.
0: I see, I love the Witcher 3. Like funny enough, I went on my Switch earlier to play it for a video. I was talking about how the game kinda of defied a lot of odds against it where like people are like, Oh, single player games are dying. And yet like it had this huge resurgence and over a hundred thousand people were concurrently playing it. Like, I think that's incredible and it deserves praise and CD project red deserves praise. But, um, it definitely before that got to, uh, when I hopped into it, I was like, wow, this is still really good. But, um, when I first played it on the switch, when I got it, it's still the Witcher, it's still great. But you noticed a lot of stuff in the game was taken from other titles And they used those, like, the the, the Witcher senses are, like, you could find that, for example, in Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, the same mission tracking is all over the place. And so some of the ways you explore the world and encounter objectives um, feel very familiar. I don't think the combat's that sharp. Um, It's fun preparation-wise, but it's not fun in practice. It's cool, like, on paper to be like, yeah, you prepare this potion for this creature, and you have this buff now. And and you can go in there, and then the combat itself is kind of janky. Um, so ultimately storytelling is the highlight. It's pretty consistent. So that's good. But yeah, man, like as I was getting to after, you know, once it hit like 2017, I was like, okay, like enough, you know, like there are so (laughs) many other great games that are coming out that have come out, you know, it's enough. And it got to the point where I was just like, okay, look, like now we have to, you know, I made a video about it funny enough and I thought I was going to get like land blasted, but I, I didn't, um, I was just like, you know, the constant comparisons to The Witcher 3 got, like, dangerous. Like, everything was The Witcher 3.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, it was always comparing to that. Like, Halo versus The Witcher. Call of Duty versus The Witcher. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yes, it set a bar, but, like, in the open-world RPG genre. Like, it's completely separate. And yeah. and, and we can't act like uh, CD Projekt Red could do no wrong because then they can just look at that feedback and coast, you know? Mm-hmm. And, then, and at that point, you're not going to get a game as amazing as The Witcher. Uh, so I feel like that praise really kind of hurt it. But what what do you think? Cause you, you brought it up first. So,
1: well, I mean, my, my feelings are quite a bit different <clears throat> just in the, it only in the sense that, um, like you mentioned how the Witcher three is still a great game, but all these things are what it is. I'm kind of in the camp of really not thinking the game is all that good kind of base level. And okay. I say, I say that I should clarify because it is a good game. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can recognize a good game. Most of us can recognize a good game, even if it doesn't, like, appeal right to us. So mm-hmm. I can play that game, I can see that game, and be like, yes, this is a good game that does the things that a really good game is supposed to do. Right. It's more that the game just doesn't click with me, which is weird, because it's the kind of game that should click with me in, in every me single way, shape <laughs> and form. Oh, so there you go. Same thing you had with Sekiro, right? Mm-hmm. Is It just, just doesn't work with you for some reason. And, like... And it's funny because you were talking about how this new resurgence and there was 100,000 concurrent players a couple of weeks ago. I was one of them. I was like, oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I bought the game when it came out in 2015, and I was so excited. And in the first couple of hours, I was like, I don't like this game. And I actually, I think I traded it in crazily enough. Ooh. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, which I don't really do very often, but I just it just didn't work for me at the time. Um, and well, yeah, so, when you commit
0: like that, that's when you just kind of know. You're like, yeah, you just I'll just part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so what happened is with the show, you know, and all that stuff, I was like, I really want to watch the show, but I need to understand this game more. And, and I know it's a great game. I probably just was a weird, a weird thing, you know, four years ago. So I'm just going to play it. It's on Game Pass. Let's play this game. And I've committed to it, and I've played it quite a bit more. I forgot to bring it up at the beginning of the show, actually, because it is a game I was playing over the holidays. Duh. Oh. Um, <laughs> Here we are so now. I, it's, Yeah, so I'm bringing it up now. And so I've been playing it. I put a good, I don't know, seven or eight hours or something into it, more than I put in last time. And I'm like, this game has yet to get to I, I was waiting. Like, I know I'm going to hit that moment where I realize how great this game mm-hmm. is. And I'm like... It's not. It's just not working for me.
0: So. Yeah. If if I could just offer anything, I know for a lot of folks, mm-hmm. it's when you hit the bloody barren quest line. That's when it's like, oh, okay. But okay. Um. That, at least that's how it was for me and a lot of other people. I can't speak for everyone. Um. Because I think yeah, the Velen like the opening area and the beginning of the game. People. The thing is, is you play the game in 2015 and you praise it for years and years and years, and your brain just naturally filters out everything in exchange for the good. So. I think yeah. people forget Novograd, which is like Act Two. I think it's, I don't think it's good at all. I think it's like so. I think I'm, in, I think that's and, where I
1: am right now. I think. I'd have to
0: remember. is now. like middle of the game. Like it's, it's deeper mm. than that.
1: Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Then yeah. Fine. So you're, you're not there
0: yet, but it's because the story picks up steam. You just finish up the Bloody Bear and you're like, oh my God, what's next? And you get to Novograd and you're just pretty much looking for someone the whole time. And it's just, ugh. Can't stand it. I don't like that part. And then the third act, and Skellige, like a, it's, it's like Skyrim. It's like Vikings and stuff. Sweet. Awesome part. Really good. And so it's like it's – very, it's, it's very spotty in a lot of ways. The beginning, I think, is slow. Then it really ramps up. Then you have a lot of side objectives that make the middle, I think, enjoyable. But ultimately, the main story kind of flubbers. And then the ending, uh, and third it's third act great. and on, is great. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I think it's I'm a little sure more that's... inconsistent than people recall.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to bet if it ends as strong as you're saying it does, I'm sure that's part of the reason it's got such a legacy, because that final it stamp does. of a video game or a movie, like, what it leaves you with, a lot of the time colors our opinions of that experience. Mm-hmm. So and there's great game, stuff
0: throughout, yeah, and it's it's big, sure, so...
1: Sure, I mean, it's interesting, I don't want, now we're just turning this into this weird Witcher 3 dissection, but <laughs> you know, the only other thing I'll add is, like, I definitely think, you know, people talk about, yes, the story is really great, and I agree with that, but like it like it was like this landmark moment for like open world gameplay and design and I just mm. I know I'm I'm playing it again here in twenty nine twenty twenty, twenty nineteen, but it, it just doesn't feel that way to me. Right. Like the, the world itself I to me I chalked that up to uh Skyrim, of course Skyrim, Grand Theft Auto before it, then Skyrim. And I think the next big landmark was Breath of the Wild. I think that felt like a bigger landmark in the open world sense, than Witcher did. So,
0: yeah, um, it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of people felt like Breath of the Wild was like the. And funny enough, Aunt Jemima said it like Breath of the Wild was the overrated one. I thought yeah, and I you get know, that.
1: I, I do. I, I don't agree with it, but I hundred percent understand where people are coming.
0: Yeah, from. I get it. But like at the same time, when I played it, I'm not like a huge Zelda fan. Like I finished Link, Link's Awakening, the remake of Link's Awakening, Twilight Princess. You know, a little bit of Ocarina of Time, but like I'm not a huge Zelda fan. And, like, that game grabbed me, and I played it for a while. And then watching my girlfriend, who's obsessed with it, it's her favorite game ever. She's got, like, 90 hours in it now.
3: Nice.
0: Yeah, and, like, I just – every time I watch her play, it's fun just to see what she discovers. So I have an appreciation for it kind of different from others. But, like, I I also kind of see where people are coming from yep. with how it's a little disappointing. Um. All right, and we got our last question of the show from Aunt Jemima. Do you expect Microsoft and or Sony to purchase more game studios prior to next-gen release? If so, do you think these purchases are positive despite more exclusivity? And what studios do you think will be purchased? I'm thinking Microsoft will buy a Sobo flight simulator. People can fly Gears Judgment or even Mobius Digital Outer Wilds.
1: Are people can fly still even a studio? Do you know? I mean, I, I guess. I, I feel like I, think I, heard, they... I
0: heard their name recently. I think they made something. I got yeah. announced at... E3 or is it Game Awards?
1: Well, I think they also made the game Bulletstorm, right? And that game recently got a mm. release on the Switch. They
0: announced so something maybe. recently. They announced something recently. I, I go on, but they announced something recently.
1: Okay. Well, the, the the general the general question I think was like, what do we think about Microsoft buying all the studios? Was that right?
0: And uh, do and do we think they're going to buy any anymore? Going
1: to buy anymore? Um, I I actually love that they bought a lot of studios. I know some you were right by the down. way.
0: Bulletstorm, they did make it.
1: They did okay. Gotcha. So maybe because that just came to the switch. So maybe that's where they were. Their name was going
0: Outriders, out. is what they announced. They announced oh, that at E three.
1: Yeah, yeah, Outriders. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool that they're doing it. It's aggressive, and I think that Microsoft needs to be aggressive right now. So I, mm-hmm. I and I, you know. They're my least favorite of the three console manufacturers, but I still like them. I like the Xbox brand, and so I think they're just being really strong, and they're flexing their money muscle for sure. You know, not every not every company can just buy companies that way, <clears throat> but that's what they're doing. Obsidian's a great company um ninja theory is a great company and they made their own internal one that i forget what it's called like dissective or something weird like that right um, yeah, yeah. and so i just think there's they're setting up a strong game plan to make sure that they don't get their ass handed to them next generation like they did this generation yeah so yeah I, I i don't know who they would buy though i don't know who else they i would don't
0: I, I hmm See, I think you're going to see more purchases from PlayStation this generation because they shut down a couple of companies. Um, they shut down the ones who are working on Drive Club. Um, they shut down another Sony-based studio. I forgot the name of it. Um, Ready at Dawn has been incredibly quiet. Um, so, you know, you got to wonder. Monica, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like they're, they're probably in line to make a purchase. I know they had been linked to Remedy quite a few times. So... I personally wouldn't be surprised if PlayStation went that route with them Um, because I didn't know this, but like, I think Control was made on what was like $10 million, which is a lot of money, but for a video game, game, it's definitely not super expensive. So um, I think given the Epic Game Store deal, uh, Remedy's in a good spot where um, they could stay independent, but I think, you know, they might want that security of being under Sony and having more people play their games for sure and having that funding that financial backing. So I, I just feel like Sony's probably going to buy more and um I, although it does lead to more exclusivity, I'd be a liar if I said I didn't find it inherently more interesting as a gamer making that choice. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's like all those RPGs are training me for this moment here to make a choice. <laughs> yeah. Um and and ultimately I always Ever since I was a kid, by the way, this is not me being spoiled. Like I'd save up my own money, I always end up getting both. Just because I, you know, I, whether it's day one or I pick one or the other at first, like I always make sure I get both because I, I just I care about the games. I'm not like exclusive to one or the other. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I, I think Sony will make more purchases. I think Microsoft kind of got their headway done. I think they're done spending now. I think they want to make something to show off. Maybe they'll announce one more, but I think I think we can expect Sony to, to purchase another studio or two. More yeah. likely than not. Well, so. that, uh, yeah, that is, that is our last question. A very long episode. Rob, thank you for uh, filling in. This is Carrick, out. I appreciate yeah. you. I know you stayed a little bit longer than you had to because um, you got something to, to do. So we're going to let you run. Uh, if you want to cap this off with any things you got to promote, by all means.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks again so much for having me on. I, I of course. freaking love coming on the show and, and chatting with you guys. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say as, as far as stuff I'm working on, um, like I said, while we recorded, I had my Pokemon DLC update video one up that will obviously be up when you guys see this. Um, something that I'm planning for maybe my next video or next two sometime in this coming week is I'm going to do a... It was too in- intimidating to do a top 10 games of the decade, so I'm deciding to do a top 10 Nintendo game. Uh, which more is kind of more for my audience too. People, people know me as mostly a Nintendo guy who covers Nintendo because cool. they are my favorite company. So yeah, so if you guys are interested in that, you can keep a lookout for the top Nintendo games of the decade, which was also really hard to do. So this whole thing has just been crazy. <laughs> this is so hard.
0: Understandable. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well be sure to check out Rob. We'll have him linked in the description down below. We'll like I said in the beginning, also have the charities linked down below if you guys would like to donate whatsoever. Um they'll be available for you as well. And we'll make sure to try to keep included in that in the in the coming weeks. Um and yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode two thirty five. Here's to a great year for the show, and we'll talk with all of you soon. Peace out.
3: Bye.